what's up it's rare that we have these two together but after this big news that dropped on monday we have to talk about it so we have beaker and max right down there i have new nicknames for them both by the way so uh i'm gonna really? yes yes definitely have new what, nicknames. Uh, what brand new. excuse me hmm? brand new nicknames yes yes brand new nicknames for you two okay brand that's the reveal now today yeah, we're going to have a reveal today as well. But you know, before we do all of that, we got to drop this. Yeah, but in- reveal of the nicknames. Yes, we're going to reveal the, the nicknames very shortly. Why must you interrupt me every time I'm trying to do something? <laughs> let's roll the intro. Yeah, let's roll this intro. We're only going to roll it. When are time. you changing your intro, by the way? Because it sucks if you listen to the podcast, you just hear the noise from engines and you don't know what the fuck's going on. So it really sucks. Audio. As audio, your intro is terrible, Keenan. Don't worry. Yeah. We're, we're going to change Don't it. Worry, dude. Don't worry, dude. Don't, yeah. We're, we're, it's under control, is You it? know what? You have it, to. It we're waiting on you, too, for some stuff. So, you know what? You know what? Enough about this. We got we got a lot to talk about. It, it, Just roll, okay. the intro, roll this intro. <laughs> Nitro is the glory. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast with your hosts tonight, Keenan White, aka Lefty the Great, and if you are unlucky, the Finnish village idiot, JQ. This is the RC Podcast with no name, but plenty of content. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some serious bench racing. Yes, 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 indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 158 of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host, Keena White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. To my virtual right over there is Darth Beaker, and down below is Arrogant Max. So, what's up, guys? What's Welcome to the thing? podcast. I thought I had a new one. You do. It's going to be revealed later. It's going to be revealed oh, okay, later. okay, okay. I can't wait. I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy. But anyway, guys, you know, uh, we a a big bombshell was dropped this week. We're going to talk about that, and we have probably another bombshell to talk about as well on this this podcast. But before we do that, I have to, you know, say thank you to everybody. I want to shout out and say thank you to all of the NNRC squad from around the world. Without you guys, none of this was possible. And of course, Joseph is here with his loud mouse. Let me mute him right now. And. Uh, I want to thank all you guys for the support. It's been awesome. We're at the end of the year. We're having a Christmas show for you guys this week. Uh, I think we're going to do it at 4, uh, 3.30 p.m., 3.30 p.m., 3, 4 o'clock p.m. EST on Friday. So mark your calendars and your set your alarms because we're going to be doing a giveaways for you guys on that day also i would like I to say time frame yeah you know ish we're working with this guy when you're working with that guy it's always a half hour okay yeah you know true. bumper you have to give yourself i thought dominicans were better keeping time but this guy right here uh anyway so uh with that said remember that 17th of december sometime between 3 30 p.m est and 4 p.m est we will start, no, not 3.30, sorry. I am got that confused too. Yeah, it's 3.30, 3.30 and 4 p.m. EST, we will start mm-hmm. this. 
And um, I hope you guys join us. We have a lot of cool things to give away. And uh, it's our way to give back to you guys. Also, I want to shout out to the patrons of the podcast. We can't do it or I can't do it without you guys. Thank you for all of your support. We will have a special Patreon Christmas show for you guys as well after that. We have some giveaways just for you guys. So with all that said, thank you. Also, we can't do this without sponsors. And if you're a company that's interested in sponsoring the podcast next year, we've got some cool things coming up. Hit us up. We got uh, tiers for everybody. And we are looking to do some big things next year. But right now, I'd like to say thank you and shout out to Mayako. Of course, we got a lot to talk about with Mayako today. Beach RC, High Tech RC, TNR Fuels, Techno RC, Lugs Racing Tires, Invisible Speed, JQSM, Sun City RC Raceway. Probably the last time we're going to hear that because they're closing, unfortunately. Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, Donathan RC, JTP RC, House of RC, RCGP. And I also want to shout out to my boy, Eddie Fikes, and his awesome Ed, Uncle Eddie's all-purpose season. Get you guys some of that. I just ordered another bottle. And before we go on any further, guys, I have to... Uh, we have a few things I want to shout out. I want to shout out and say happy birthday to Chris Nelson. It's his birthday today as we're recording this. And I have to say, uh, you know, happy birthday to him. I'm glad for his support uh, of the podcast and happy birthday to you. And I have to say a few RIPs. We've lost some people in the in the RC community. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we lost Daryl Lane. I don't know him personally, but somebody brought it to my attention. He was an old school uh, hobbyist. They had a company called A&L products i don't know not, know too much about it but he passed away uh caleb hamby who joseph and i both got to meet at the southern nationals he was one of the guys who was um who used to build the southern nationals track and all that stuff nice man nice gentleman he passed away this past weekend so our condolences go to his family and his he's got young children as well and i press i never got to meet him but i talked to him many times on facebook as uh, another person from the Southeast, and you know, I know a lot of people in the Southeast region of RC, but our condolences go out to Chris Cash. Chris Cash, he passed away, and to his family. So rest in peace to all of these, uh, our RC family. We may not agree on everything, but we're all RC family at the end of the day. And I think there's a couple um, fundraisers and stuff going on for Caleb. Uh, and we'll see. And anything that I find, I will, um, I will put into the podcast. So, with that said, everybody, let's let's go talk because we got a, we got a few things to talk about today, and I'll unmute uh, Beaker Son over here, and uh, yeah. So, hey, uh, I don't know what to say. Like, it's been a busy last couple of days for me. It's been a real busy couple months for you, Joseph. Max, you're super busy with school, uh, but she wow. I mean, what what can we say? Are we gonna we're gonna talk about the whole Ronafalk to Mayako move? But yeah, I mean, yeah. So actually, by the time this is coming out, people have probably seen that I have uh, left Team Associated, um, and uh, my contract was due at the end of the year. I decided not to resign uh, with them, and uh, instead, um, I'll be joining Mayako. Woohoo! All right, I knew this was coming. I knew yeah. this was coming. This would have been so much better if you didn't know. I know. But then, like, I, I kind of, I told you I was. Max got about drunk it, and told you... Lefty. Okay, let's be honest no, about it. No, it no, was no, supposed no, no, no. to be a secret. No, 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 no. I told Keenan I was thinking about it, and then he asked me every single day. And I'm a master at deflecting stuff. 
but even I couldn't handle it. The pressure so you couldn't point, handle Keenan. I was just like, yeah, at some point I just had to tell him. But it would be so much better if he was uh, sort of excited Well, that's because I thought it. you knew about the big news too. You know, this, yeah. that, this big news that Joseph, because, you know, he gave you some stipulations about this. He said uh, you had to come on before the big news was revealed. And we didn't know what the big news was until obviously Monday. But you know, I know when I look in Joseph's eyes, I know what the big news are. <laughs> yeah, Joseph, when we, when we yeah, first but then, this. but uh, to be honest, the thing was that um, I had a bit of a problem. It's it's a bit of a mental mental problem to be honest. But you have a mental problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but this is a different <laughs> one. So, so we all knew that Max was coming back one day. Okay, we all knew that, but it had to be done in the right way. Okay, that's just it. We all know the situation. Max uh, lost his virginity to JQ Racing, <laughs> and then he became curious at some point. So he needed to, you know, sleep around a bit and check out some other cars. And then after he he's done that, he will just come back. I mean, we know that 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 was a given. But this was the problem now. So now we were about to sign David Ronefalk, right? Best driver in the world. Who wouldn't want to come back at that point? So just to be clear, I needed Max to make a decision before he knew. Does that make sense? Yeah, but because I just want to know then, what that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Then I would wait. What? What is that noise? It's coming from you. My computer fan, maybe. Yeah, Let me see. computer fan. Can you shut that computer fan off, please? Because that thing is no, it extra, just extraordinarily it just loud on its own. What is it like? So anyway, um, let me finish finish the story. So the yeah. my point was that Max needed to make a decision before he knew about Ronne Falk. Uh, mainly because then I would know that he's coming back for the right reasons. Because who wouldn't want to come back after the news, right? So that's why I said, look, if you're thinking about coming back at some point, now is your last chance. I need a reply. I can't remember how long I said he has to make a decision. And then he decided that uh, he would uh, basically come back. So join Moyako. And that was before he knew about Ronefalk, I'm sure. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So that that was really my thinking behind it. Like I needed to know that he's coming back because uh, he believes that this can be a good opportunity, that the car will be good, that he can um, also find a future other than racing through Mayako, right? And not come back because, oh, well, Ronne Falk's running it and this and that. And, you know, the kind of thinking that, a, you know, your typical RC poser would have. Yeah. You know, but you should know so that I'm that was important. You know, the prodigal yeah, son it's has still returned. It's still, it's still important oh, to, yeah. to be sure of, of that situation. Oh, yeah. So. Well, it's, yeah. it's like, you know, the prodigal, the prodigal son has returned. He's been out, he's That's right. sown his wild oats, and now he returns to the fold. It's like, That's right. you know, in the Star Wars world, you guys are like Sith Lord and Apprentice. The two Sith, there's always only two Sith. So now we have Darth Beaker, and now we should... You know, <laughs> That's we the new nickname. Darth, Darth <laughs> Maximus. You know what I mean? It's okay. like, you went, you went to the light side when you went to AE for a little while, and you saw like, yeah, the light side is fun. But I really like messing around with the dark side. 
you know? And now, you, <laughs> so, you're back. But <laughs> I'm super pumped because, I mean, we kind of, you know, honestly, like, we didn't speak for, like, a year, I think, after you left. And I wish Jakey would shut that fan up. There we go. I shut it up for him. I muted you. I muted you. Yeah, I muted you. <laughs> when you shut your fan up, I'll bring you back on. So, uh, just to say, like, yeah, I was upset when you left. I didn't want you to leave. And, you know, I know Joseph was upset, too. But, you know, over this last year, you've been such an asset to the podcast. We've had fun. Uh, it's like old times. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm just happy to have you back in the fold, man. It's like, yeah, you know, let's go. 2022 is coming. Let's yeah. rock this shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to me, uh, having these two years with AE was actually really good because for the first time I actually had to do everything on my own. Like I don't, I did have to get all the sponsors or whatever I did on my own. Obviously COVID kind of messed everything up a bit. Uh, but yeah, I was doing my own thing. And even though I obviously was in contact with associated and, uh, actually had surprisingly, uh, kind of a lot of input with the team more than I expected. Uh, Still, uh, yeah, I, I was sort of on my own, testing on my own, uh, sort of doing my thing for a bit, uh, which felt good. And for sure, sort of, it it, it made me sort of uh, think about other things in RC, such as my YouTube channel. Obviously, it's not like a huge thing, but I mean, to me, the most important part was actually just making the videos and like doing the stuff, not so much what resulted from it or how much people enjoyed. Obviously there's quite a lot of views on it. I still get more subscribers every day, even though I haven't posted in almost half a year. Uh, so people clearly enjoy it and I'm happy about it. I think all of that sort of, uh, fits together. Sort of, I think I needed sort of these few years to sort of realize what I wanted in RC. Because I don't know if I've said this before, but at the time uh, I left JQ initially, it was a decision of uh, do I quit RC altogether or should I keep racing and try something else or what do I want to do? Because I knew Mayako wasn't going to be a thing for a while. I knew something new was coming already at that time. Uh, But yeah, I didn't know when when it was going to be and uh all of that so i wanted to try something else before i um before i sort of had to sort of quit or didn't want to run anymore or whatever it would have been yeah and i so, think yeah. i think you coming back on the podcast has rejuvenated a lot of things uh you remember how fun how much fun we used to have together and yeah it's just great to yeah. have you back man you know um a lot of people were disappointed oh, yeah. when you left you know you had a lot of fans and I'm just happy mm-hmm. that you're here. And I know that this guy right there, your 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 Darth Sif Lord over there, Darth Beakerson, he's uh he's excited too. He's super excited. So what kind of ma- what kind of like made you? Oh well, you, you just saw that. You know, I'm honestly like, if you want to be designing stuff and do all this type of stuff in RC, I think this is the best place for you to be because now you got a lot of stuff yeah. to help design. Yeah, and also like what David said on the video that. Even before he even tried the car, he signed the contract. I've obviously tried some other prototypes because we practice on the same tracks. I've tried Joseph's car. I know it's it works. It's good. And 
I know what it's based on. So I didn't have sort of that, uh, like I didn't have this sort of that blind spot that David might have had. Mm-hmm. But even without knowing all of that, I still sort of know what what wants to be achieved uh, by Mayaka and how it's all going to work out and and uh, sort of doing stuff, in my opinion, the correct way for the people. Uh, so all those factors are stuff that put into it. And obviously, uh, Associate is very much based in California or Arizona in America. If you're anywhere out of that, you are sort of outsider in the team. So it, you, I would, I would have to move there to actually be sort of a designer or have that extra input in the car, which is something I really want to do. And I think I've sort of realized that now, at least finally, that I, that's something I really want to do. So obviously Mayako being that Joseph is the designer, he lives in Finland and yeah, I mean, I, already part of like i was already part of it for so long that i know everyone almost everyone involved that uh it's yeah just so many more opportunities in that sense so that's sort of the main reason i thought about it and also like uh now being in school it sort of had had me sort of thinking on hey like what do i want to do with rc what is it going to be in the future and like because i obviously i like racing and i will be racing for sure uh, but the thing is that I like other stuff in RC too. I don't like RC just for the racing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's sort of the main reason why I decided uh, not to continue with Associate and return back to Mayako. Well, I'm happy to have you back. Or, How about you, yeah. Joseph? Are you happy to have your, your protege back? You can't call him apprentice. Yeah. Well, I like to be honest, when he left, it was quite frustrating because of the timing. I thought that if he had just sort of been a bit more patient, then then Mayako would have happened and there would be a new car and everything and that would be good. Well, then COVID sort of delayed everything pretty much with a year. So, you know, it would have been a long wait anyway. And then at some point... Um, like maybe a year ago or something, I can't remember. At some point I just realized like, actually it's good that he left because now he will gain some experience that he wouldn't have otherwise. And then if I was pretty sure he would come back. So when he comes back, then he will be better. You know, he would have more experience, more motivation. And then he, they would actually work out better that way. So that's my uh, thinking behind it. And yeah, I'm happy that he's back now. And now with the Mayako project also, it's a bit different now because the idea is to make all the cars. So at DNC, Ronne Falk would race Nitro Buggy, E-Buggy and Truggy with Mayako uh, cars, right? The Truggy would need to borrow some plastic stuff from other cars. But it's still a Mayako chassis, shock towers, gearboxes, uh, you know, so it's still a Mayako, center diff, radio tray, all that stuff. So there's a lot to do now, actually, and too much for one person, really. So putting together all these cars, designing and developing new stuff, there will be um, opportunities to do things. And also, not not only that, now it's very important that we deliver for 
the Mayako members, so on our Discord server. So there needs to be someone knowledgeable who not only knows the setup stuff, but also knows the inner workings of what's going on with Mayako. So has answers for everything. And well, Max would know that because he's here, right? So if we are doing something, he will know and he will be able to share information with all the members. So I think it's a really good match at this point. Yeah, man, let's let's rock it. Let's rock it. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm happy to have every and we all want the and same I goals. Also, yeah, and also I th I think that it can't really be overstated how important someone like Ronne Falk is, because it gives it gives not just credibility but also so much more motivation because you know that any race you can win. Okay, it's very different than you. You can know that, okay, you have the best car or you have the best performing car on this track. It doesn't really matter. And it's like no one really knows if you are finishing like seventh or something, you know, even if that's a great result, like, oh, I just finished fifth at the Neo race or something like that's awesome. Yeah, but no one really knows your car may have been the best at that race. Right. But people don't know. But then uh, if you have someone like Ronne Falk and he wins and the car looks good on track, then people think that. Ironically, though, then maybe the car wasn't the best that weekend, but he's so good he wins. But then it's, then it's different. Then it's like personal satisfaction versus reality and what people think. Let's but also yeah, note it's, something. It's very different. Max is no slouch with the control. He has beaten you. So, you know. Yeah, that, he's improving that. as a driver too. So. You know that's how yeah. that's how Sith that's how things work. Like this, the apprentice eventually has to like vanquish the Sith, the master. He's already done that. Yeah, but, but now I'm making a comeback now. 2022. Watch out. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not watching you. At <laughs> I, all. I even got a corner speed. So I'm corner speed. I even got a touring car so I can work on my corner speed, like Degani said. Okay, that's. Good I literally make. have a touring car. Yeah, he I, has. He just hasn't built it. <laughs> And he froze. What happened now. there? Uh, he knocked off his My camera. camera just shut off. Anyway, we will continue. We'll mute you and uh, we'll continue. Yeah. Or should we mute him? All right. Well, welcome back, Max. I'm happy to have you here. Uh, I think everybody's going to be yeah. super happy to have you here. I think Joseph's done something to his camera again. Yeah, let's mute that. <laughs> let's mute that. Are you excited? I am for sure. I think, um, yeah, it, it is something in a sense, something new because I've never been sort of in the situation before, but in a sense, it's sort of coming back to the sort of all where I'm familiar with. So that's sort of very exciting because it's, it's start, a start, it's a start of something new really, mm -hmm. because I mean, yeah, uh, Mayako has some, a prototype e-buggy prototype chuggy uh, but it's not like fully done everything can be uh improved and i think that's what's sort of most interesting about mayako is you can improve the car the whole time uh i'm not surprised <laughs> that you have an automatics i haven't even opened the box yet i've had it for almost oh really <laughs> yeah okay well well yeah. dude you're that damn fan has started again yeah sorry i thought you had a new laptop it is new 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're just a more powerful fan now. Yeah. What are you trying to make hurricanes <laughs> there or something? No. Gale Force. Anyway, wins. what was Max saying? That he's excited to come back. Uh, and we're excited yeah, to have him back. Uh, I think I think sort of the thing is, like, even if there was a brand which I could have input, it would need to be a brand which I could have almost all of the input because I don't see much brands being out there wanting to do stuff uh, the way Mayako wants to do it. Obviously, yeah, Nemo has been doing some stuff now, but that's sort of uh, still very early days and it hasn't come out even yet. They already released a new car, which isn't the concept car. So the, the sort of attitude is very different with Mayako. And, and I think that's, uh, that's something that is inspiring and also something that it's, uh, it builds a lot of motivation for sure. It's, yeah, it's, it, it, it seems like you're working for something at least. And I think, it is working for something and I, yeah, a lot of stuff, uh, already being sort of tested next year, what we talk about with Joseph already. And, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be exciting. You have anything to add with your noisy, noisy computer, Joseph? No, no, I'm, uh, looking forward to next year. There's really too much really going on right now. I hope I get everything done and next year I want to spend a lot of time just at the track, racing, developing, testing, that sort of stuff. So I hope this, this sort of two years will pay off then that I'll be able to do that. All right. Well, welcome back, Max. I'm happy. Uh, I think I'm super happy. Maybe not as happy now because, you know, Rana Falcana, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to dance for you. But, uh, you know, I'm definitely super happy, but I already, you know, in private explained this to you and, uh, I'm, I'm just, ha yeah. I'm just happy. Like we're all got the same mindset. Wow. We're all got the same goals yeah. and print like girls in front of us. And we're all working towards that besides Joseph being mm -hmm. noisy. And, um, yeah, I'm just excited for that. So I guess, yeah. Welcome back. Max Darth Maximus is back. Sif, Sif Lord, Sif Apprentice. All right. So what's Ron Falcon? Just a Viking, he like a Viking enters Viking. Star Wars. Yeah, Viking Jedi. Yeah. There you go. A Viking Jedi. Almost as good as a vampire Jedi, but very good. So where is Sith in relation to Darth Vader? Hey, he is a Sith. They're the bad guys. Oh. Well, then, yeah, but you can be explained. I'm one of the bad guys. Ron can't be a Jedi then, right? Yes, he can. How What's Adrian Bertin, Yoda? <laughs> <laughs> Adrian is like a perfect Yoda, actually. He's a bit yeah. short and he, he yeah, he, that's good. And I don't think we should be calling Adrian Bertin Yoda. I mean, English with a French accent. Yeah, he's he perfect. Might, yeah. might talk like Yoda. He's Yoda. No, we're not calling Adrian Yoda. Bertin Yoda. Not calling Adrian Bertin Why? Yoda. Why? Who is Yoda then? Yoda is, I don't know. We, we don't have to. Well, have who Yoda. would Adrian be if not Yoda? There's other yeah. Jedi out there besides Yoda. You know that, right? But how are we on the different sides, though? Because you guys are like, you know, because they are the light side. Yeah, yeah they're the, they light, are the side, light side and with the dark side. And I am the gray side. I am a gray Jedi. You're like you're Yoda. like a two-faced yeah. character. No, I double in both dark and light, and I've learned to harness both. Your Jar Jar Binks. 
<laughs> some people, well, I would, I'd rather be Jar Jar Binks than someone calling me like Jabba the Hutt or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I and, forgot about him. Yeah, it, it, that would make more sense. You know, there was yeah, a, I, a hut Jedi at one point. But anyway, um, that, enough about Jedi. You know, that's that's a podcast that I can talk about for hours on end. Ian just sent me a picture of all his figures, and he had to send three different pictures because there were so many of them. They couldn't fit into one. He had like three. You've got more since last time. Figures. Yeah, I've got them all set up. That's all. Just. Calm down. When I come over there, I'll throw them all in the trash. You throw anything in the trash and you will end up in a cane field. <laughs> How much money have you invested in that bullshit? No, I guess. if you sold it, you could probably buy a house. This is all investment because you can buy, you can sell all this stuff. You know what? If you sold all of your action figures in Star Wars bullshit, no, I, wouldn't be able to buy a I, house. I bet you could fix your arm. Yeah, but it's it's not getting so. These are going to be passed on to my kids, and they can sell them. Wouldn't you old. rather have a functioning left arm? Yeah, but that will happen one day. <laughs> one day. One day. Yeah, when you sell all, all your figurines. No, no not that's the called, only way you can actually save. Money. You can't save money to save your life or action get an arm, right? Action so figures. you buying action figures is in a way saving because then you sell them all at once, and then you have the money for your arm. You, Genius. Yeah. All right. Enough about my arm. Enough about my action figures because this is an RC. You remember podcast. when when the small I don't know what his name is, uh, Luke Skywalker. He had his arm cut. So you remember when when the scene when he got his arm installed? That would kind of be you. Yeah, that would be great if that really happened. Maybe enough galaxy. For so you're Luke. No, I'm not Luke. Yeah. Maybe Can we like live stream your operation? Oh, we're talking about RC now. <laughs> the RC. This is why I can't have you two together because we just go off on so many different things, and then it ends up just you guys ganging up on me, you know. And I can, you know, I can defend myself, but you know, come on, let's go. Moving on, we have a lot. We're to definitely talk about. doing this next year. Getting you an arm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe we can just go chop one off a dead body or something like. Hey, you're almost dead. Right, here you go. You just need, what do you need, really? Uh, they Some nerves? Would, no, they would take a nerve out of my leg. They can't fix it. They take a nerve out yeah. of my leg, and then they put it up her, and then it's supposed to regenerate or something like that. But you know then what? Then you'd walk with a limp? No, because you have enough nerves in your legs. You can spare one or two. Yeah. Really? Unlike you, you cannot spare any brain cells. So, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> So anyway, let's. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. We're just talking a lot of random crap yeah. right now. Okay. All right. Hey, so are we done oh, yet? You, you went through the you went through the nicknames already. Yeah, you or are now it? Darth Maximus. We're just Darth, and this is and Darth, Darth Beakerson. Beaker. Beakerson. Yeah. Okay. Add that to the other ten other nicknames that he has too. So what's Darth or Sith? Darth. What's the difference? Yeah. Always They're Darth. Like is Sith. Okay. Don't ask me what Darth means. I have no idea. <laughs> so anyway, okay. you know what? We got some news to talk about. Enough about Star Wars. Even though I could. There's talk no about other that. news. Let's do the questions and then I go. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Should we do silly season stuff <laughs> as news? Yes, we're gonna do silly season. We're gonna. Do, you know what? This the RC news. Let's is get. What, you know. Let's let get our, Okay. Yeah. Let, let ahead, me mute him, please. There you go. The RC News is brought to you by TNR Fuels and High Tech RC. TNR Fuels is the hottest fuel on the market, owned and operated by Chris Nelson and his family, made by racers for racers. TNR Fuels is currently available throughout the USA. For more information to support the company or purchase some fuel, visit them at 
www.tnrfuels.com or contact Chris Nelson directly at Chris at TNR Fuels or you can find them on Facebook or find their page on House of RC. Also, big thanks to High Tech RCD. They are coming on for 2022, looking to do big things. I'm happy about that. But uh, High Tech RC is, RCD is a leader in RC systems, delivering the highest performance and reliability, supported by a dedicated customer service personnel. The HSBC 9381TH servers have efficient brushless motors, titanium gears, low consumption, constant output, and a metal case. They also regenerate power back into your battery. The RDX2 Pro Charger, which I earn and operate, can charge two packs at a time. You can charge two four-cell packs in 45 minutes and provide power for your engine heating, phone charging, and tire warming needs. Trust in Hitech, your servo charger headquarters. Visit them at hitechrcd.com, where to buy, to find your nearest retailer. All right, so I guess we might as well just, you know, address the elephant sitting in the room here. So as we're recording this, the news has dropped. Joseph, congratulations on signing the Viking. Uh, we did it in a, a original type of way. I'm happy that I got to break the news for the podcast. You know, with the podcast first, catch my real reaction. That's turned into a gif now. Apparently, one guy's turned it into. It a has. GIF. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was. It's worth it, man. You know the funny thing. Before that, I was actually just telling you, it's gonna suck. TLR's got him, and he's going to TLR, and it's going to suck because everybody thinks he's going to Mayaka, and then when he releases, it is going to TLR. We're going to look like, you know, it's going to be fun, but then everyone's going to say, oh, yeah, I knew he wasn't going to TL uh, Mayaka, but little did I know that you had a surprise for me. Yeah, so, man. That was the plan. Yeah, man. I'm so excited. To get your authentic reaction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was good. Um, I think everybody that tuned in, they, they liked it. They enjoyed it. Uh, Max was like already secure that you had done it. He's like, I saw it in the eyes, but I don't know. Yeah, when I when I visited him, like, like there's no way. Like, he put he me on the that. spot, and I'm a really bad liar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in person, put me on the spot. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Well, was you working yeah. on his cars or something when he came over there? No, I hid them in the, uh, in the yeah. other room. Interesting. Luckily, like I have some uh, of his stuff here. So, like his painted body and stuff. So, <laughs> that would have been a bit, yeah. a bit of a giveaway. So I now, would that, say. so now that the news is out, Joseph, how do you feel about it? Um, honestly, I think that I'm too busy to really think about it. I think that it will sink in when we are at a race. That's yeah. my theory, because I don't really feel anything special, to be honest. Like maybe in sh short moments, it's like, oh, that's cool. But there's just so much right now going on that I, I think it will sink in when we are at a race. And I'm like looking at the car and I'm like, fuck, that's David driving it. What the hell? <laughs> like then I think it will actually sink in. L I'll tell you a story from before. Like this is how dumb I am. So this was... After Cody King won the Worlds, uh, they released like a Kyosho something with Cody King's paint job on it, right? Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> this was my thought process. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, actually. He has his uh, like paint job on, on the Kyosho box. Like, that's, that must be cool. Then I'm like, 
Actually, I have my paint job on a box too. Like, actually, it's my own car. So it, then I was like, oh yeah, I have my own car. What the hell am I thinking? Like, it would be cool to have a paint job on a box. Like, I literally have that and the car is mine. You know, like I had to connect the dots like that. So the, things like this take time to sink in, I think. How about yeah. you, Max? What's your reaction to this? What do you think? <coughs> Sorry. So, yeah, I mean... I'm excited. Uh, I think, yeah, I kind of believe that at some point Mayaka would have one of the top drivers, but I think David is uh, sort of a perfect fit. And now seeing like people see it, it, it is pretty exciting. I, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm excited about it. I think, yeah. And also like Bertin and all of that happening. It's uh, yeah. I'm, I, I like it. Uh, it's hard to like, as Joseph said, I don't think, I don't like feel, feel anything about it because I haven't seen him drive it. Uh, but I think it would be cool to see like, because in the, at the end of the day, it's like Mayaka is still an underdog company. I just seeing some like Ron Falk or yeah, any of like very, very top, top guys, right? It would be super cool. And yeah, I think when when yeah when I would see it on track, I'll be I'll be excited for sure. Yeah, I and think. Oh, yeah, so go ahead. Sorry. I was yeah, all just to explain a bit. So the plan originally was that the first year is a building year. Okay, the first year is a building year for Mayako, but we have a driver that is better than me. Okay, that was the goal. So someone we can get that's better than me or most likely would beat me at most of the races. That's what we were trying to get, right? And then for the second year, try to get the best we can possibly get. That was the idea. And then it just so happened that as I was kind of trying to prepare for 2023, this sort of almost fell in our lap. Like, okay, we have this opportunity. We're going to have to take it. Like this doesn't happen every, t every day. We have to do whatever we can to make this happen. And that, that's what we did then. So that's maybe also why it, it hasn't sunk in fully because it wasn't the plan. It yeah. happened one year sooner than it was supposed to. It's possible to do now, but it's, uh, there's more unknowns, let's put it that way. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. A lot of pressure on now, too. A lot of pressure. Yeah, I think that also proves how confident David is, and maybe Adrian also in David, that they are willing to do this even though, yes, they, like a car being good is one thing, but it's different in race conditions. So when you don't have any data from before so you don't know like well in this condition this is what we do you have none of that right you have to build that up so when you have one year on a car you have all of that well last year at dnc this is what we did mm -hmm. last year at the euros on this track this is what we did so it's easier right when you have none of that it's harder because you have stuff from testing but racing is always different so I think that um, shows how confident David is that it's a world's year, right? And he feels that the car is good, it's capable, 
I know I will make the right decisions with Adrian and and myself that together we'll make the right decisions and I'll handle the rest as a driver. You know, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I think uh, that's quite neat also. I, the best way I've, I've yeah. I couldn't really tell anybody anybody about this when I found out Thursday. So I've been telling people that aren't really into RC. And the best way I can explain it to them is like, imagine a team getting Michael Jordan from the Bulls at his peak. You know what I mean? Or something like on a comp- in, in our scale of 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 you know, like David Ronafalk, Bayfield, yeah. Ongaro, Tebow. These guys are all top echelon pro drivers that get paid to do this for a living. Yeah, and, and this is like a different move than Cavalieri, like to S works moving to S works or or even Cavalier going to TLR, Mm -hmm. it's a different style of move because it's very clear that Cavalier isn't the number one guy. He isn't, he's out there and he can win for sure if he has it all together as he did with Asperger for a few races before he left. Uh, Like, but it's, it's, it's a guy who is at the best time of his career at a manufacturer that has one of the best cars out on the market and still he makes this decision and also that's that's a huge deal someone on the mayako discord uh, when we were talking about this made a good point this was actually before anyone on that discord knew about ronnefalk but it was more a discussion of like which driver should mayako go go after and he made a comment that uh, like the two best drivers we figured out was to get would be mayfield and Ronnefalk, right? Those two. And then the difference between them. So Mayfield is a racer, right? So what he cares about is going to a race, winning the race, having some beers with his friends, having fun. That's it, right? That's basically it. That's him. That's Mayfield. That's what you get. But Ronnefalk is more than that. So he is not just a racer, he's a leader. He, he is willing to and embraces the role of taking on more than just being a racer that goes to the race and wins the race, right? He's been doing his videos and this and that and reaching outside of RC and trying to do different things also, right? Because he wants to do something more than just race in a field and win a trophy, right? And I think that's important to have that kind of mindset where you believe that since you are making all this effort, getting paid all this money, then you should try to further the sport also, which will help your career too, you know, and he has that mindset. So be a leader, do something that then can uh, show the way for future generations of pro RC races, you know, how you should do things. So I think that's, that was a good uh, way to describe it of a racer versus being a leader. I would have to agree with you. So. We've, we've had this conversation many times, even on this podcast, how we think if we had the money, we would sign him because he just gets it and he hits, you know, yes, Mayfield's going to go out there and win your race and that's great. But Mayfield's, you know, like to get you to do interviews and all that type of stuff. He's, he just doesn't like that stuff and that's fine, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. as we go forward in this industry and as the industry progresses, these drivers, they're going to find themselves having to do more of this type of stuff you know what I mean? To to promote themselves, promote their companies. It's not just good to do a Facebook post and all that type of stuff. You got, you know what? We're, we're getting into a world where 
you know, the RC industry is starting to catch up with the rest of the world. So it's like TikTok and Instagram and all this type of stuff. All that stuff becoming popular in our industry. So you got to have that guy who embraces all that. And he does. And he's one of the few drivers that does this. So also I wanted to add, it's also different from you, Joseph, because you've had some good racers come through your, you know, in your 10 years at JQ Racing. Not of this caliber, I would say. Obviously, I don't think you've had anybody of this caliber at all. But you've had good guys, and it, and the great thing about this isn't he isn't at the end of his career looking for a paycheck. He's, you know, mm-hmm. like twenty five. He's still got a few world championships left in him. He's got you know probably a couple of euros left on the on the on the board that he can win. And you go to any race right now. I'm not saying that like Ronafalk can. I think Ronafalk look at this guy typing at me. I think Ronafalk can win any race that he goes to. You know what I mean? And you now have that that bullet in your gun. Like, you have that, you know, you have that bullet in your chamber. Like, this, like you went from, hey, we're going to have a nice DNC with a great presence, and I will try my best to make the A main, to, hey, we could, like, Mayako could possibly go in here and win the DNC. Like, it's a strong possibility that ha- that happens. And it's not, it's not like Mayako can possibly win it. It's like we have the driver that's the favorite to win this race. One of yes, he's definitely one of the drivers to win this. He no, is the twenty twenty champion. Like he's 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 been the fastest guy every year that he has been there. Like mm-hmm. he won twenty eighteen, uh, in twenty nineteen he, he won. was up there, but he he broke twenty twenty. He won, right? Yep. So yeah. And then, so it's yeah. not <laughs> what yep, we huh? muted you because you was typing. I said no pressure. Yeah, no, a so little that's, bit. that's also a, like I think this is like the fact that DNC is the first race adds a lot of pressure as well, because if he, if he like realistically, if he doesn't finish in the top three, that seems like a off race for him. But realistically, if he manages to win it, I don't think any of the top drivers have done it. Like Tesman TQ'd DNC uh, when he joined X-Ray, but he was like in the main seat. He wasn't there, really. And yeah, Mayfield Mayfield was probably the only one who Mugen. was really fast like when he moved to Mugen. But apart from that, a lot of these top drivers, when they switch fans, they always struggle for a while. Mm-hmm. Always struggle for a while. Are you worried about that, Joseph? So, I'll worry about that in January. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you guys are planning to be out there about, what, three weeks prior to DNC? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I'll be a bit earlier, but mm-hmm. yeah, he should be, I think, three. I think it's four weeks, actually. But that's four weeks of just RC. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's going to be good. Should, why, I, mean, why I hope it's enough time. <laughs> what why not Montpellier? Uh, so, well, because of DNC. So. Nobody because Montpellier is so two. close to DNC, so okay. there wouldn't be time to then uh, run and test and get engines ready and set up and all that stuff. And he doesn't have anywhere to run and test right now anyway, because it's in Sweden and it's probably... Uh, yeah, also that. So then before Montpellier would also be a problem, just how to prepare for that race. California. Yeah. We got to go. Next year. Going, I mean, going. 2023. Back, back. Yeah. Well, I think it melted the internet pretty good. I, I guess people didn't really expect it when they released the podcast, which was pretty cool because we kind of decided how, we was trying to figure out how to do that. So um, when that did drop, people were a little bit confused. Like, 
you know, we didn't want to leave no spoilers enough. We just like, hey, just watch the podcast, you know, watch that review. And I, we kind of wanted people to get the same reaction that I got, like, you know, so. Yeah, as many as possible. Yeah. I mean, the people who initially found it, many of them probably had that reaction. Mm-hmm. So that was good. That's kind of the idea. And then afterwards, it was posted already so much that Mayako released a release image of a David switching. And then the next day, video and then the following day car pictures mm-hmm. so good stuff a three three day release in a way yeah man i love it I'm, I'm just so happy i haven't stopped smiling since then even i told you just i'm still smiling so i'm super happy well done well freaking done oh sif lord all right so anything else you want to add about uh the viking and before we go on no all right. No, I think I don't think so. All right. So, um, do we want to touch on ETS real quick? It was a good race. The Viking was there. I think he finished sixth or something like that. Bruno Coelho won. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere in Reinhardt there. Reinhardt second. No. Was yeah. Reinhardt was actually third. Michele Manso was. Who's uh, that was kid? He That's won the first. Some Swiss guy? Uh, he's, uh, I think he's Italian. Maybe Swiss. Don't know. But it's I think Italian he was Swiss. For sure. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he's an uh, automatics driver. He started third. I've, like, to be honest, the first time I've heard of him, uh, it, like, Turing has been kind of on the off uh, since COVID started. So uh, before COVID, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I hadn't heard of him. And if, if I had, he probably was somewhere low in the A or in the B main at the ETS races. So yeah, a really good outing for him. He was clearly a bit behind the pace of the top two. Mark was the fastest guy out there, uh, but Bruno had the had the pole and uh, he was pretty good. It seemed like Mark's car uh, steered a lot better. Uh, all of the uh, sort of slow speed section, he was a lot faster. And the second, if you haven't watched any of the A mains, uh, watch the second one. That's that's the most entertaining one. Uh, he was, let's say, from the first minute to the uh, like the last lap, he was just battling between these two guys. So it's I, yeah, it was after great. The, yeah, so after that second main, even though Bruno won, the, they was really mad at Mark and his mechanic was over there yelling at Mark and stuff because um, Mark was pressuring Bruno so much. Like they were literally, I I don't even know how close they were in, in those corners like they weren't that many times that they touched but they were yeah, they, it was just they touched, they touched once where nothing happened or once where mark sort of spun out that's like yeah it wasn't but like it was, was like you could probably not not even fit a piece of paper between the cars that's what it seemed like yeah. you know in some of the hairpins yeah. they didn't touch but it was so close like mm-hmm. practically yeah. <laughs> they were touching right so then the thing was like being that aggressive, the risk for touching the body just a bit and, and Bruno getting the body tucked into the rear wheel, you know, so that the car sort of gets stuck with that body tuck, that that's, that's an, uh, such a big risk, like Mark shouldn't be that aggressive. So what do you think about that? That's in touring car, it's, it's uh, difficult because of that problem. But then on the other hand, that track was almost impossible to 
overtake. Yeah. So the only way was to be very close so that the, if there's even a slight opening that you can get in there. And that's kind of what Mark did. He also had one situation where he managed to get alongside, but then the next section of corners, he ended up on the outside, so he couldn't go by. But I think that's really the only way to get by on a track like that without some big mistake by the car in front is to be very close. So yeah. I don't know. I think I think uh, in the first main, he got alongside at the start of the straight and both of the guys were still uh, sort of in the pack and they both sort of not crashed, but they got very square, uh, squirmy like on the straight and they dropped way back. So that uh i would get i would, I would be more mad uh, to mark about that because that he wasn't properly on, alongside he was kind of a takeout in a way he backed out of it but it was too late at that point and they both sort of got squirmy but in the second main they they had a nice gap to the rest of the field they could both sort of do their thing and race so i think that's fine obviously the body talking issue is there but i think I uh, I think like that I don't think that's an excuse to say like you can't race like then if you're scared of it then you should use some antibody tucking in the bodywork so and I think that sort of should be implemented uh, already uh in the bodies it's a bit ridiculous that uh this is such a huge issue still when you could solve it rather easy so I think that's that's a dumb excuse because you could solve it. You would obviously lose from it, but uh, like weight weight wise. But I think I think this sort of should be a norm in touring, and uh, yeah, uh, I think I think that's a that's a bit of a dumb excuse to use if if they were using. I don't know what their excuse was, uh, and I I think the racing was fair. Mark didn't like. Mark wasn't overly aggressive where he would sort of get alongside where he didn't have space. And and it, again, if you watch the first main, Mark went from, I think, fifth to second in that main, all by passing these cars fair and square on the track, no touches, no nothing. It was clean, very nice. And yeah, I, I think Mark raced fairly uh, and there's no issues with that. And I think this body tucking issue should be solved already. It shouldn't be an issue. Uh, like it's been forever. It's been an issue. It shouldn't be one. I muted you because your keyboard's oh. loud. So I think Mark is one of the best drivers to race clean and close to someone. He has really good car control and skill for that. At the Reedy race, even though he doesn't race that much off-road, um, you can... I mean, yes, of course, you can see it in Touring Car too, but just I've been at the Reedy race and watched live. So that weird thing about Reinhardt's driving is how he's one of those drivers that he sometimes even looks slow, but then he's fast, you know? And that how the car looks slow, he's able to do that very close to another car and not hit them. You know, he's in full control. So he is judging the speed of the other car. And as long as the other car doesn't make any weird mistake, he can drive very close without touching, right? And if there's a small gap, he'll go get on the inside and he'll make a pass, right? He's one of the best at doing that. So I don't know. I, th I thought it was okay. 
I mean, amazing driving yeah. from both, really. Well, I mean, where does that point come yeah, where you can't be close to somebody, though? You know what I mean? If you're not touching them. You're still not touching them. It's racing. You got to race. I, I think, I think uh, actually, I recorded a piece of a MotoGP documentary uh, for Max, actually, because we had this discussion before on the podcast. You remember how I was saying that? you can be too aggressive also. So you, your driving causes the driver in front to take sort of evasive action in a sense, mm -hmm. and you don't touch, but the risk is so high that it's like, it's really your fault behind. If you are behind and you are driving in a way where the driver in front feels that he needs to change his driving, you are at fault, even if you don't touch you know, and it was just perfect in this MotoGP documentary because unlike in RC cars, when you are racing motorbikes at 300 kilometers an hour or whatever they do, it's a question of life and death, basically, or serious injury. So when you have a rider that's too aggressive in that way, it's a problem, you know, and then the riders were talking about that, like what is acceptable to be, how is it acceptable to be aggressive mm -hmm. and when do you cross the line, you know? So there is that thing. Maybe we can take it in a future podcast. I'll yeah. record the clip and we can play it. But for this race, I don't know. It's so hard to say from a video like that, but it felt like Bruno was just driving normally. And Mark was just very close, you know, I yeah. didn't, I, di I didn't get the feeling like Bruno was changing his driving because he thought like Mark would T-bone him or something. No, he, Mark was just very close. You know, that's mm -hmm. the feeling I got, but it's hard to tell from a video like that. Sweet. Yeah. I, to me, I agree completely with what you said. I think, I think though also there is a, a space and a, a time for driving in that aggressive manner. Obviously in MotoGP, especially, there is that safety factor as well. And I think what you said, like obviously this discussion when we last time had on the podcast was about Barufalo. I think his biggest issue is that he does it always. Like he's always that way, where it doesn't matter if it's for the race win, doesn't matter if it's for like two guys in the in the front and rest of the back uh, in the back, or if it's in the middle of a five car pack, he's doing that. I think that's his biggest issue that he doesn't sort of see the context which he's doing it at. Because to me, if you're fighting for the win and you both know you have a clear sort of advantage over the third car or whatever, I think that is acceptable to do because you are trying to pressure the car in front to make a mistake, to change the driving style uh, so that you can find a way past. If it's in a pack of, let's say, three or four cars, you do that, that's hurting every other car in there. And you have to sort of work together. Uh, I don't think that's something you can penalize, but it's definitely, it's definitely not sort of good, good driving ethics for sure. To yeah. me, there's a situation where you can can do that and can pull that off, and I think it's fine. But there's also situations where you do exactly the same thing, and it's uh, it's my in my opinion stupid, but it, you can't really penalize it. Kind of like Barufalo behind Mayfield yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah exactly. De definitely, definitely qualifiers in RC, the way we run it now, always 
you shouldn't do that. You should never do it. It hurts you. It hurts the car in front. And that's not the point of qualifying. If you're like the first minute of the main, you shouldn't do that. That's, that's not something you should do. Uh, last lap, uh, like last two minutes, if there's only you in the car in front, like in, in the same sort of pack and the rest of our far back, I think it's fine. But even if you have a slight touch on the car in front, it already becomes like that's not, not okay anymore. So you have to be 100% sure that you're not going to hit the car in front, even if he held his line. All you, all you really are trying to do and what you should be trying to do is to throw him off. And I think that is acceptable. But as soon as you touch him, even a slight bit, I think it's, it's not okay anymore. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. It's it's just a fine line, but you have you have to be aggressive at some. I guess yeah. I don't know, man. Hard call. We would have to be there to see it. I think also. Uh, yeah, but I I would say that Mark isn't that kind of driver. Oh yeah, so he is not like that Baruffalo style. Like you are worried when he's behind you. You know, he's just very good and can drive very close. And yeah, that MotoGP clip. One thing that the rider said was that. The thing is that we can all be more aggressive, but we choose not to, you know? And then this one rider would go over that line and do those things, right? And that was the complaint, like, we can all do this, but we also want to survive, you know, the weekend, so we, we don't. So they, they have to sort of find that limit of what's acceptable and what's not. And in RC, it's harder to find because we don't get hurt. And because that, because of that, that's why gate starts, for example, is di- are difficult because people don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, they just mm-hmm. go. They, are, they aren't afraid. There's no reason to back off a bit. You know, and the sensible drivers do that, but then, you know, half of the drivers don't because there's no risk involved. So, I guess this is harder to judge in RC. I would agree. I've got a, I didn't really watch the mains that that deep, uh, but I definitely will go back and watch them. I was really impressed with ETS coverage website. All that stuff was really nice. Uh, each run broken down, each um, each each qualifier, each you know everything was great. So definitely we need we need some of that type of coverage over on the offered side of things and on you know for Nitro. So really good. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? Are you what about the Vikings performance? Sixth or seventh? I think that's reasonable. I mean, he, he's going against good. some of the fastest good. guys in the world in this type of environment, you know? No, like, if you think about it, has there ever been any off-road guys that has been good in on-road? Yeah. Cavalry. What? Like, no, no, dude, like... Pavitas. Yeah, but that when Pavitas drove, that's when everyone drove on-road. And Cavalry has only been good in America. Mm-hmm. And there's been Roar champions who have been going to ETS. I remember this was in 2014, 15, 16, when those Finnish guys were running ETS. Uh, one of these guys who was multiple-time Roar champion, can't remember his name, but he's like he, he always won at those indoor races. Uh, he ran for Associated. So he was at that time was one of the best races in America, and he came to uh, ETS and he finished in the D main. Like Ralph Barch or something like, like that, no, or Offer a Tie. No, Connor. Oh, I know. I know. I mean. 
I can't remember the yeah. name. Yeah. But he was, there was Juha Levanen and him. They were both racing for Associated. And uh, uh, they were going to these ETS races for this, at this time. I can't remember, 2014, 15, or 16. And uh, yeah, these Finnish guys who were, were, barely, were barely even winning Finnish races were beating this guy who was a Roar champion. Really? Interesting. So, yeah. So the level of touring and the style of the oh, tracks. Oh, it's different between here, America and Europe. It doesn't but really match. Akbar yeah. went over there and he lost to uh American guy over there in no, did he lose? I can't remember. Probably didn't lose. I probably need to recheck that. <laughs> he had a hard he had but a hard the weekend is, too, we, but he ended up in seventh, I yeah, think. They are better in smaller tracks because like even this track, I think the lap times were like 14, 15 seconds. No, 13 seconds. But anyway, the lap times are at that at that spot in america a lot of the tracks even the big races are on are under 10 seconds mm. uh, indoor race. so it's the tracks are a lot smaller and i remember uh, this guy who i alluded to before uh, even he said that like it's really hard to race because the tracks are so big even the indoor track okay interesting so interesting the, the, level and style of touring cars is very different in europe and, and america oh i would agree there i would agree I would agree. But yeah, Cavalier definitely won in America, but in America it's different. In Europe it's, yeah, I haven't seen anyone really. It's, Ronnie Falk's probably done the best of anyone I can think of. And there goes JQ's fan. We're going to meet. Yeah. All right. uh, Real quick, I just wanted to touch on this before I went, before we go on to some silly season stuff. Uh, They had the Miami Grand Prix in... um, in Homestead in Miami this Miami. past weekend. Uh, Uri Hoodie and Martin Bayer made a trip over there. Also, Nicola went over there. So, this was, this was a decent Nitro onward race. Oh, and Infinity people. was there. Yeah, Infinity Demo was there. And, uh, Wallace Motorsports, all that stuff. So, uh, real quick, the main class really here looked like it was the GT Nitro class. Alessio Mazeo won. Martin Bayer second. Uri Hoodie third. Shout out to my Dominicans, Joel, Joel Abreu. He finished sixth. And Jose, Jose Alamante, eighth. Um, if um, Uri Hoodie was third, it wasn't the main yeah, class. Yeah, I don't think that's... Yeah, that wasn't the main class. Yeah, well, it was... It, well, they had the eight-scale pro class, like, you know, the um, the GP. One-eighth. Uh, yeah, and I, I know none of these guys, so... Uh, Nicola no, came but, tenth. Yeah, but, That's all. Uh, Chris Tossolini came sixth. He's back in racing. Yeah. So um, I think I don't know why Demo only ran ten scale, but it's hard to say which one was more packed, the ten scale or eight scale. But yeah, both had very high level drivers at least in the top. Well, see, the GT class is growing, you know, and it's really popular, like in Latin America, and it's growing really big. So I can see why it's it's just they're putting some effort into this and some focus into that. So it's good to see. And, um, but I, I think the reason why you don't recognize the names is because a lot of these on-road drivers are very sort of disconnected from the rest of RC. Like in Italy, hmm. it's one of the biggest scenes is like Nitro on-road. Uh, obviously, off-road is bigger there, but like that's a huge scene only in Italy, uh, like Nitro on-road. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of those guys, like a lot of people don't even hear until they make it to the Worlds or... Uh, Euros, thanks to RC Racing TV, but and uh, well, and the worlds were streamed by live RC as well. But yeah, it's yeah, th- that's sort of the difficult part about 
uh, Nitro under it. Yeah. And just to finish off our news, because honestly, like nothing's bigger than the Rana Fox, uh, Rana Fox thing, this Rana Fox announcement this weekend, this week. Uh, the They had a big race up in the Pacific Northwest at uh, Moses Lake. I think Drake went up there. I think he won everything. But uh, another very good, strong, healthy community of racing up there in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so congratulations to them. And whoever... I, I'm, I was looking for results I couldn't find. It's on a different name. So I think Tony Newland won 40-plus. So congratulations to him, his 10-scale uh, co-host. Uh, do you guys have any other news before we go in and chat a little bit of Silly Season? We're hoping Joseph has some information. He can talk freely now about Silly Season. So uh, we're going to talk about that. But anything you guys wanted to bring up for RC News before we go forward? No? Uh, I'll try to see the results here. How so about you? For the... For the NCT, um, the Miami Grand Prix. Oh, I was looking at them. It, it weren't many guys there. Um, but anyway, you know what? Let's. There not- were some fast guys I saw, but okay. Can't find their I don't know who they are, so I'm sorry. But you know what? Yeah. I think we're gonna go on and talk a little bit of silly season, and that the silly season talk is brought to you by Techno RC, who we will be talking about in silly season. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high performance off road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC. Excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. Thank you to Techno RC for their continued support of the podcast, and they've sent some some gifts to give away this this weekend. Comments, so thank you to them. We greatly appreciate their support. A long time sponsor of the podcast. Thank you to Techno RC. All right, well, we might as well get this right off the bat. So, did we talk about it last last time here? But Barufo officially to Techno. Uh, Joseph, you saw him drive the car when you was in uh, Italy and whatnot. <clears throat> Your thoughts on this, real quick. Yeah, so I think he switched because of the engines. With the X-Ray, he had to run the FX, and he has flamed out a lot. I mean, DNC, he was leading and flamed out, if you remember. Mm -hmm. That's not the only time. So what I've heard unofficially, allegedly, is that, that that was the issue. So he didn't want to run the FX. He wanted to run a different engine. The only way to do that was to not run an x-ray. So then Techno was a company that needed a driver, was willing to pay. That's where he ended up. So Techno and Reds. We'll see how that works out for him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, yeah it, it will be very interesting to see. At the start. I think the hot race move is the almost as big as the x-ray move. So the hot race move... Um, okay. I don't have any, um, I don't have knowledge of this, but I, I do know that Barufula and Ongara don't get along. Mm -hmm. They sort of kind of get along at the races. Like you can see, like maybe they talk or whatever, but actually like there's a bit of bad blood there and issues. So I believe that if Ongara was to be signed by Hot Race, Barofula would leave Hot Race. Mm. 
Yeah. And but Ufolo left Hot Race, which is weird because he's like, it's like I wouldn't come on the podcast anymore, right? <laughs> if I stopped yeah. coming on the podcast, then people would be like, well, there must be something happened between Lefty and JQ. Like they were, you know, friends and they were like, there was no way they would not work together, right? That's yeah. how Hot right, Race right, and Barofalo, right. right? So I think something like that has happened. Like there has been, it obviously nothing has been announced, but my feeling is that uh, Barofalo has said like, look, if you sign Ongara, then I'm out because he doesn't want to do that. And then maybe Hot Race has done that anyway, or something like this, right? Because otherwise I can't think of a reason why uh, they would stop like that. Just yeah. boom. Yeah. Because I think the even tires the are good. Post, I think he's happy. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like on that. the post both of the posts when they when they announced that the departure, both said that they like Bruffalo said uh, that uh he didn't like the direction the brand was going in and uh Nico ah, said okay. that some some can't uh, like the direction or whatever. It was kind of, it seemed like it wasn't in that good Sort of, yeah, yeah. Okay, then maybe that's it. And the reason why I said that was that when when uh, I was in Italy for the race, then uh, there were some people saying like, oh, Ongaro was running some different tires from AK. So apparently he was testing different tires. He did end up racing with AKs, but apparently he had different tires that he was running and testing, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe there's something to that yeah. rumor. Then but let's be honest. I, to me, it's a bit ridiculous that he would continue running AKA because uh, Horizon bought them. They, I don't think they really want to have that brand have the same thing. Kavilis is gone. Uh, it, it's sort of, yeah. To me, I... it, there's like obviously there's some French presence with AKA. I think Savoya. Uh, runs AKA, uh, but apart from that, it's he's kind of alone with the with AKA. So, and also the fact that Hot Race is the biggest brand, and they don't have a, a huge driver like Ungaro. They have Robert, but he's sort of on the on the sidelines compared to uh, compared to Ungaro, in my opinion. So, I think him being Italian, I think it's sort of it should be a no brainer that he would be running Hot Race. Uh, obviously, I think Ongaro really likes AK and has liked AKA, so that's why he has stayed and not not switched to Hotrace. But I don't. He's really got know. that program down pack. See, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. Well, but Barufalo has yeah, got but also the he three hills to climb. He switched to OS as well. Yeah, but yeah, Barufalo. Uh, yeah, Barufalo has a lot of things to sort out. I think Reds is better than FX, uh, for sure, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the car, the tires, uh, like outside of like uh, these very specific conditions. Uh, I don't know if they're really good enough. Yeah. Well, I wish him all the best. Let's see how he can do with the techno, the seismic tires, the engine. He should be fine, like you said. So we shall see. <clears throat> um, we, should we keep it techno? Uh, like we talked last week, Max, it looks like Seth Van Dalen staying. He went and raced at the Hobby yeah. Plex this past weekend. It's it's kind of annoying where, where nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. I think like January 1st, after that, there'll be a flood of uh, news. Mm-hmm. So I think people are waiting to the end of the year to announce the rest of it. Maybe this week there'll be more announcements. But yeah, to me, 
Uh, as you said, Seth was building a new car. Uh, we've heard rumors that I'd say are sort of trustable and uh, that the sources they've heard it from are sort of good sources that Mornhorst is 100% out. Mm-hmm. And to me, that tells there's no reason to kick Seth out as well. Because then you would only have Tebow and Jones. I don't think that's enough. I, I think they need need more than those two. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. Well, he did go to the Plex and race this weekend with, tech, with his techno car, I believe. Yeah. So, um, yeah. To me, that I think he likes Seth techno too. And, I think he um, likes it there, and he likes the car. I, yeah, and to me, he, yeah, to me, he fits in the team pretty well, which is so weird that he's had all these issues. That at least we talk about in the podcast, like the suspensions and all that stuff. So, yeah. We shall see. Yeah. And, and I and heard that Bornhorst was linked to HP at one point, but then after that, S works. Yeah, so right now. I think he's going to S works. Yeah, right now, the same people who I've heard, mm-hmm. uh, and also on the Discord as well. It's it's S works for Bornhorst. Yeah, I think he's just going to be the honor of Hackert and Tim Lime. I don't. We'll see how that goes. I, I thought HB would have probably been a better move for him. But uh, yeah, we'll too. see. Maybe S-Works is going to... Well, S-Works probably pay him more. But there's some budget freed up now with no David and Adrian to pay. So... Uh, and the thing is... I, like, HB it needs a driver well, really badly. Like, I heard Jackson Brunson's going to be racing HB. Yeah, but... Yeah, but they okay, need... But, they need a Bornhorst yeah. or that's, somebody of that level. That's like... No, yeah, Bornhorst is like, like Brunson. No, Bornhorst makes mains and he does no, better. Brunson, Brunson makes, Brunson mains, makes mains too. Yes, but... Not that, not at DNC. Brunson doesn't fight for podiums at DNC. No, he doesn't. No. So... Yeah. Bornhorst does. Bornhorst does? In, at least I'm not getting into this. I'm not getting into this. I'm not getting into this. Just <laughs> I'm just saying. Calm down. Yeah. I just think he would have been like, better fit at when you HB. watch. Uh, yeah, he, I'm not yeah, talking about a five car podium now. Not some race time entertainment. Let's no, make no, it five car no, podium. But Joe Bornhorst has with a techno fought for a podium at DNC. Yes. <laughs> In the past, at more than we can years. say for that. Av- oh, shucks, that average Joe. Someone behind you? Yeah, that way. I can't point my other <laughs> finger that way. <laughs> Joe, Joe still produces very average results, but he has his points where he can be up there like a little bit of the main. He was very consistent Brunson, this year, though. You guys keep saying, he, if you look at the, the what, yeah, what, what live RC done. Let's put it this way. Let's put it this oh, way. I'm, me, I'm personally. Getting mute, I'm getting a mute. Button. No, no, no. Don't mute me. I have no, a really good point, actually. I am in a win-win situation. You know why? Because if average Joe switches and is average or even less average, then it's a win for me. You know, that's already a win. If average Joe switches and is a bit better than average, then that makes Techno's car look bad. I cannot lose. It's a win-win. Regardless of what Bornhorst does after his switch, I win. I mean, it's You win nothing. You win in your yes, brain. Yes, I do. You win yeah, I win. You win nothing. I'm just winning at life. Just in your autistic brain. It's like, he sucks. He sucks. Oh, that's good. He does well. Oh, techno car sucks. You know? <laughs> you know you what? You see what I mean? I just don't know why I even had you on this podcast now. 
I don't even know. Why. <laughs> I don't even know. Why. Uh, we talked I about it. As harsh as Joseph put it, but that's definitely what the dynamic of this. Because I think you have I to think techno forever. If he does better, it looks bad for techno. Especially, it looks bad because it's not that Joe is. Joe is definitely not leaving techno. It's techno kicking him out. So. If he does good, it looks very bad for Techno for, for the car, as well as them for kicking him out. And if he does bad, it looks very bad for him. So, yeah, Joseph is right. So I, I do have something to say. We touched on it last I'm week. Sorry. Maybe this is the change that he needs. Though. He goes from being... To me, yeah. Yeah, he, go, he goes to S-Works. Yeah. He can be immediately the senior guy in America because Hackert's younger than him. Hack, 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 I just gave him some motivation. Yeah, that... that that has no effect on him whatsoever. And I bet you it does. The thing, the thing, though, to me, initially when he started having good results, he didn't look average at the start. He started looking average at some point. It, it was a development that happened. I don't maybe know, after JQ came like, up yeah, with that nickname for him. But maybe, but there, there was like it. a yeah, but yeah, but there was a point where. People actually said out loud, is Lutz the number one guy? Is Lutz going to be the number one guy in a year at Techno? Mm -hmm. And then he always was. Yeah. After that, he always was. Yeah, and he hasn't been racing that long either compared to the other guys. You know, yeah, so like, I think like I 2016 or whenever, yeah. it looked like, man, this guy's going to be, you know, like way more than he has become. You know, so I, I would say that they... Uh, there you might just, be some potential there. You just can't give him a compliment, can you? You just can't. I just did. Just, he just gave. He just gave. You said it in a twisted way that is not a compliment. I no, I, no, I didn't. No, I, I right. think, like, Joseph is right. Like, now I, I think he needs this, and this is his time to prove that he he can sort of shake yeah. that nickname off. Like, and I think this is the perfect chance for him. That's why I hoped HP, because that would have been, in my opinion, a better fit. But... If it is C -hub to C -hub, yeah, still, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Uh let's let's do we want to talk okay, so let's let's touch on Ryan Lutz real quick because I don't know if he's staying in WRC. I heard it's out. I heard he doesn't have a deal. I heard he might be working next year, like full time, like out of RC. He might do some part time stuff. I don't know what's going on with Lutz right now. He's still doing RC things. He might race it this weekend. Maybe he stays with WRC, which I, I would hope he stays with some I hope he stays with some company. But I would think that HB would be a great fit for Lutz too. Why not? Yeah. He can take up to some me, sort of manager role there. Like, you know what I mean as well? Or work his way into it and become maybe, the face for HB. Well, not the face, but, you know, I don't know. No. Will him and Cole the, get the along thing, on a team, team together? That'd be kind of wild. That'd be weird, but the Jesus and the devil. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but like everyone's saying S works but to me like I think that's just uh, something you can say because S works could hire anyone but to me I've heard he doesn't have anything makes, yeah S works to me wouldn't make any sense if Joe is going there so if Joe if, if we say Joe is confirmed for S works to me there's only X-Ray and HB that to me seem like good options for lots mm -hmm. Uh, I don't see I don't see any reason to have him at AE. TR I don't think he really fits into that. Uh, they already have two Americans, and they would like most likely would like to hire an European instead. So 
yeah, HB and X-Ray are the only ones I could see him sort of suit very well in. You know, one thing, I think maybe I mentioned this, but in in one way, Lutz is sort of tainted goods. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you know how in Formula One or in motocross or maybe in other sports, I don't follow closely enough, but some kind of sports where people get money for showing up, like boxing or something like if you cross a certain line, if you make a deal where you are no longer on a factory team or one of the be- best teams, it or if you race without a salary, like some people do, like they have only bonuses or something and it's known. If you take basically a deal that is less than what you think you are worth or what you have been worth, you become labeled as that in a sense. Yeah. Do you see what I say? So then that, that following year, people view you not as valuable as what you were. So what some athletes do is when they don't get the deal they want, they don't take any deal, right? Mm-hmm. And then later on, they can potentially get that deal they want. So some some people, maybe they leave Formula One for a year or two and then they get back and they get back on one of the yeah. winning teams again. Like they don't downgrade their image or or value or perceived value. Mm -hmm. So the problem for Lutz is that he was at Kyosho and uh, then I I can't remember the order anymore. So Tamiya, Durango, Techno then, and then he sort of rehabilitated, rehabilitated almost, right? A long time at Techno and doing well and stuff. And then Agama, WRC, it's like now he's at that point where his stock is lowered. It's yes, his his stock is lowered to the point where just signing Lutz is of no value to anyone. Let's be honest. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like he will sign for anyone. That's the that is the perception. No, though. I get that, but he so is still of value. If if no, he is no no. You that, when that. the news posts online that Lutz has signed for a team. The value is practically zero, okay? Yeah. What is of value is what he does, right? Yeah. So it's a risk for a manufacturer because they don't benefit. Like David Ronnefog signs for Mayako, boom, instant value, right? The moment it happens. He hasn't, th- he hasn't even yeah. driven the damn car. There's value. Ryan Lutz signs for a brand. He has devalued himself with all these. So it doesn't matter. Like Ryan Lutz signs to HB, maybe like his buddy at Ohio RC track buys a car, you know, that's the value. It's limited to that. No one else gives a shit. What he then has to do is he has to earn that, mm-hmm. uh, like create that's, that yeah, value, right? Raise his stock he up has again. To, yeah. yeah. So yeah. results, being active on social media, uh, posting videos on YouTube, going, doing clinics, going to races, right? Then he builds up some value, right? Do you see what I mean? Well, he's done all that. That's, yeah. I, I think that is uh, his no, problem right now. So he wants the paycheck that uh, Ronne Falk or Mayfield or Cavalieri or Fend or like these sort of guys, like Ogden even, like that's the paycheck he wants. But he has lowered his stock to the level where he is not worth that. 
I know what you mean. I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Like per, per perception. Yeah. He can still yeah. do well, yeah. and he's still doing everything else out there, yeah, but they, I, they're chopping yeah. and changing. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying he can't do well. That's the thing. Like, there's just yeah. a disconnect like right now, now between his ability yeah. and his value, perceived value. Yeah. That's what matters. And that's why these there are motocross riders who retire even because it's dangerous and they don't want to do it for not the right money, or they skip a year or wait until they get the deal that they think they deserve because they know if they accept less one time they will never get back to that level because people know they will accept less mm. right so we give them less so it's similar to this like in a way he has maybe made the money he needs to make but then he has taken these deals that have not helped his racing career or sort of uh his own personal brand image. So I would have to agree there. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what is in store for Lutz. I hope he stays in the industry. I really do. I've said that a, a countless times. But it's just in an industry that's shrinking and getting harder for top top guys to get paid. It's it's getting harder, dude. It's getting way harder. So I don't know what happens with Lutz. Hopefully, something works out for him. I think that he can still do it. Mm-hmm. It's up to him if he wants to. If he wants to make it happen, if he wants to commit to, you know, do the things he needs to do to be uh, of importance and value in the industry. I agree with you. I think he, he has the right skill set if he, if he the, chooses to do that. The one thing Lutz has also built up is his his brand as Lutz. That's still worth something like the nice guy Lutz, you know, good guy Lutz, veteran, all that type of stuff. It's just... He's he's had a like he had a good first year at he had a good first year at, at Nima, right? And then it kinda went to shit in the second year. Now WRC he kinda didn't race. You know, twenty twenty he didn't race much and all that type of stuff. But he, he's not had bad results with WRC. He's just not been as relevant as he was when he was with Nemo and Techno and all that type of stuff, I would say. What Lots can be what Adam Drake is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He can. Better. So Adam Drake is the kind of uh, driver that for like his value to a brand or a company is not tied to his re- results mm-hmm. on track. Okay. Let's face it. He gets good results, but it's kind of almost irrelevant. Really, yeah. if you think about it, he can always go to these local club races and beat up on the locals. You know, he's good enough for, to do that. That's fine. But then at the big races, it doesn't matter where he finishes. It doesn't matter if he makes yeah. the main or if he's in the B. It's irrelevant. That, that he, his value is uh, different in that sense. I agree with you. And Lutz can be that kind of uh, driver if yes. he wants to. I agree with that. His value is different. It's not linked directly only to results. Yeah, but that also takes time. And, and he's going to have to be on the road a lot. And I think that's something that he's trying to avoid as well. And because, I mean, look how much Drake travels, you know? So. No, no, but I mean, yeah, but no as well, because he could do a lot of that on his own. He already has a pretty good platform on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, he needs to just switch it up a bit. And also the thing is like, if he's driving WRC, it also makes him less interesting to me, at least. Like if he yeah, was- Because nobody knows nothing about show, the brand at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. If he was driving Kyosho, 
I would kind of be interested only because he drove a gear show. I get that. I you know, because that. there is value in the like the brand adds value to him as well. All right. And yeah, I think I think that's something we don't uh, want to see lots of RC. That's expert. all we know. I know yeah. that too. I'd love to see him at HB because Me that's too. sort of uh that would be a very odd environment for him in my opinion. But I think he'll do well there because the cars are good. He doesn't have, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he can, thing, like the car is good enough. I think uh, he would fit the car well, and I think that's that's the type of brand he could create uh, create that image with, yeah. because that's a brand everyone's still looking at. Even though David's gone, it's still a big brand. It's still a world championship winning brand, like Agama. And uh, in the past, Techno were brands where you was like, okay, there's a few e buggies here, or okay, uh, the Nemo guy showed up or whatever. It's not a big deal. Techno has created of themselves a brand which you look at, oh, another Techno guy, wow. And it's a, it's a brand, Techno is a brand on its own. Mm-hmm. But Nemo, Agama, and uh, WRC especially, they haven't made that happen. Not WRC. Nemo is big in America. I'm um, sorry, big in in UK and all that stuff. In the UK, but, yeah. Mm, I get but it. In the, even in Europe, it's it's not... It's not like in the UK, Nemo is big and it should be. But even in Europe, there are places where you go and someone looks, oh, why does he drive an Agama? I get you know? that. Um, all right. Well, before we move on any further, I, I got to, you know, gotta, we got to plug some sponsors. Lugs Racing. Lugs has joined on for next year. I'm super happy about that. And Lugs I Racing. I thought you were going to say Techno RC and just. <laughs> no, I, pl- I did Techno RC in the beginning. Right? Yeah, it would be funny. Lugs Racing has over 55 years of combined experience in RC. Lugs has been testing treads, wheels, and rubber for performance. Their econ line of tires were developed with racing budgets in mind. High quality but lower cost means savings that can be passed on to you. Racer, their premier line of uh, tires, the pre the TQs and Protos, are meant are built for pure performance, made using Lugs custom molds and proprietary rubber compound. The tires are now available in medium, soft, super soft, mega soft, and long wear. Find them at www.lugsracing.com, and you can save some money by using the promo code NNRC Lugs in all caps. Thank you to Lugs Racing for their continued support. They're growing as well, so that's good to see. All right, uh, a couple more names, and then we're going to move on to some questions. Tanner Danny. Like, I'm so shocked. I'm still shocked at this. Is he... What is you he know what do? I hope? I think S-Works, because Team Lime, but I actually hope AE. Maybe, yeah. Why? Because AE only have Ravikin. Yes, they have Aiden Horn. Yes, they have Cole Tollard. Uh, yes, they have... Avidis. Avi- oh, yes. maybe. And, uh, and yeah, I think... I know what you mean. They don't really have a, a fast, eight-scale early like, guy. Like, their second guy finishes uh, at the podium at Nats, and that's, uh, like, viewed as a fluke. You know? Like, that's a huge result for him. That's, like... That's something that shouldn't happen. Like that's that's what Aiden Hoare is viewed, mm-hmm. at least the way I feel he's viewed. Because he, like, let's be honest, he isn't the type of guy who should be there every time around, at least at this point. Maybe next year he would, but at this point he isn't. So Tanner Danny is already a guy who this year finished in top three at DNC, at 
a lot of these races he finished high up. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy who should be up there. And I think if he had a team support, uh, he's also from Arizona, I believe, just like Rivkin. They hang out with Mayfield, both of them. Uh, it wouldn't sort of change his circle at all. He could still hang out with the same people. Uh, he would practice with the same people. Now, what he what would change is A, he would probably be able to pay him at least part of a salary. Mm-hmm. They would probably be able, able to have him travel to different races, more races, and have him more committed to RC. So I th- and let's be honest, the car isn't very different to Mugen. It is different, but isn't different enough where his results would change a lot. Uh, and he could set it up like a Mugen work. So it's not like he couldn't just do that. So, yeah, uh, I think this would be the best possible move for Danny because then you would have sort of that click of Mayfield and Drake and then Rivkin and Denny, and whatever those guys are, still work uh, really good together. I think. Yeah, that makes sense. How about you, Joseph? What, what do you think about Denny? Where do you think he's going? <laughs> then we can get a rivalry going. That's always good. I don't. I have no idea where he goes. I'm. I was quite surprised that he uh, switched. I wouldn't have expected it. Associated can make sense because Rivkin and Mayfield are already there and close and Denny is one of that group, you know, so it wouldn't necessarily change that much. The dynamic wouldn't change. Maybe he just has a better deal. Okay. But still, it's kind of weird. I don't know if the deal matters to him. Like he isn't. I don't know. He he just never. Yeah, it's it's like I always got the sense that this was kind of his hobby. You know, like he wasn't trying to be Rivkin or Mayfield. This was fun, and he raced, and he had his other life, like normal life. That's what. So that's why, if that was the case, then why not stay? Because you just had the best results, pretty much you've ever had. He racing with Mayfield, like just keep that going, you know? Why change? Unless it's some significant reason to change, then I would think don't change. So I was quite surprised to see that. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say as well. That to me, the fact that he changed like this, it tells me that he already has a plan. Or then he's just getting out completely, which I don't believe. So either he's getting out completely or he has a plan, he has a contract for next year, and he's going to do it full-time, or if not full-time, getting paid for it. You know what? We keep forgetting this company, X-Ray. X-Ray yeah, needs somebody else in America. They do, but is Denny the type of... If, like, imagine the, oh, imagine the situation that. where he's like a guy, as Lots. Joseph said, if he has had that attitude... There's no way. ...hobby for me. Lots if, if, tech, if he has the attitude happen. that this is, this is a hobby for me, why would he then try to build a brand that has almost no presence in America, apart from Tessman's, which are in Canada? Like, yeah, he would pretty much. build X-Ray on his own. And if that's a hobby for him... Well, I can't do that. To do that. But also, they still have board. 
high. Yeah, don't forget that those other Arizona kids, Tanner Stees and what's his face? Wasn't there some other one? They basically like quit RC because they ran yeah. X-ray and Gord was there and they didn't like Gord and they were all fed up with it. And they, they basically like, that's right when they quit racing, <laughs> you know? And yeah. that was a contributing factor. Like it wasn't fun at the races and that. And then they had fun with Mayfield and Tanner Denny and uh, those guys, mm-hmm. right? So there's no way he would go to X-ray. I can see Lutz good to X-ray. Yeah, but yeah. I think Lutz, Lutz to X-ray would be the best American X-ray, X-ray move they could make. Yeah, that's interesting. very religious move. Yeah, it is. But I think that's one of the reasons. <laughs> yeah, perfect match. Yeah, they could have of. a Bible study together. It, it's it's either either uh, the Christian Bible team or it's the Jesus versus what? the devil. No, no, no. Basically, like we should, if if that happens, okay, Lefty, I got an idea. No, nope. if that muting, happens, muting, muting. <laughs> nope, no ideas. Muting, if- muting, muting, muting. Muting. Not listening to you, Joseph. Not listening to you. I want. I kind of want to hear this. We can so, cut it out if it's too offensive. No, yeah. If if Lutz uh, joins X-ray, then we have to we have to come up with a slogan for their for their attack on the 2022 year. You know, something to do with the Crusades, or <laughs> you know, something like that, right? Okay. Okay. I'm not partaking Don't in that. Don't you think? I'm not partaking in that. We're going to move on now. The Knights I, of Templar. People I'm already think I hate America. And the Knights of Templar. God is American, so I can't, can't be too offensive. I don't know. I just don't think X-Ray has budget for lots, to be honest, though. You know? It will cost a lot of money. Too. That's the problem, though. Lots is still maybe I don't know. Cheaper, I don't know if... It, I don't know if the EU pays American salaries or if uh, X-Ray America pays their salaries. No idea. I don't know. No idea. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. If the EU paying, then they definitely have so, money. Are there any big moves coming still? Um, Ongaro tires, maybe. Yes, Ongaro maybe tires. Maybe Atres. Um, McBride really. should be confirmed. McBride S works. Oh yeah, we forgot about McBride. Yeah, yeah it looks like it's S works for him. Yeah. But, you know, S-works. I don't know who else. Yeah, to me, change. sort of. Yeah, there's there oh, aren't any sort of big big moves that should like would be coming. Unless it's from like the back left suddenly. So who who are that one S works then? McBride? Well we don't Karnas, know. That for sure. Boots uh, and Hackett uh, and Average Joe. Yeah. And um So if all those moves are, are true then the S works have a hell of a team again. Yeah they do. They do yeah. you know. But they, they miss they sort of missed a year when uh, like now, all the semi-fast European kids left. Uh, in America, Cavalieri left. Uh, there was sort of a year where they sort of just lost drivers. Uh, and I think now it would be a year where they gain drivers. Well, I think they're going to gain drivers in America this year, next year for sure. I'm seeing a bit more. Yeah, I think Team so. Lime is putting in a lot of effort, so it would be weird if they don't sign anyone. Maybe interesting. I can see Tanner Denny going there and Bornhorse because Dan, Denny probably wouldn't even need a full. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, of course, they are also in Arizona. Yeah. I so. don't know what their relationship is. It, yeah, everybody to seems me, to be thinking it's going to be. I don't know if the Limes hang out with that click. Because yes, they all I, hang I, out with me each it other. seems they all, but at races as well. 
obviously there are different teams at races, but you know they yeah, all because go to, to this. me like if 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 Danny is a guy like Joseph says that likes it as a hobby, he's he's making a bit a bit of a dumb move for himself, I believe. If if it is that he like joins S works because okay, Hacker hangs out with them, so maybe it could work out. I think it could work out S works as well. We shall see. I still feel AE. I still feel AE. I, I would like to see AE because I think it would be, be good for AE as well. But yeah, hard to say. All right. Joseph, anything to add? I mean, it's it, this city season has been so quiet. Maybe because somebody is was... Is there anything? Is, it has been quiet, but I think I think it will blow up after, after Christmas because it, it would be so weird if everyone just stayed. Like, I think it will be weird. I hate being on this side of you, Joseph. We're gonna have to switch you back over, so I'm on the on your. Don't like this. Can't use my arm properly. Uh, there we go. There we go. There we go. Oh shucks. This guy's been so quiet because he's been doing his own silly season moves. Now he's kind of waking What's up. What's gonna happen to Savoya? Savoya is, I think, staying on. with Kyosho. What's happening with Kyosho? They they got bought out this year by not the bank anymore. Um, uh, I haven't heard anything about that. They, I. They, I think they that, got bought out uh, by a company. That's for sure. It was a uh, sort of figurine or uh, scale or I don't know some some anime company. Well, that's this what it year, was. yeah, or last year. This year, yes. Really, I haven't heard uh, yeah. that. Yeah, it's called um, or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they are planning because to do. They, so my own theory is this. My, this my yeah. My own theory is this. They are Japanese. Okay. Owner over everything, right? Uh, Kanai-san. Kanai-san, uh, when you retire, which is basically the same day that you die, uh, yeah. the Kyosho will also die. The racing Kyosho. That's what I think. Yeah. Kanai-san, I as long as he keeps going, there will be MP10s and 11s and 12s and whatever. When that ends, I think Kyosho stops racing. Oh, like I am ser- this is not a joke this is my serious yeah, take on this thing they don't want like they basically would want to do what Tamiya did yeah. screw the racing mm-hmm. it's costing us money let's just focus on that everything RTR, else right Tamiya literally did that Tamiya stop racing stop paying all drivers stop making the racing cars done right Kyosha will do the same but right they have stopped everything Except, except the eight scale buggy, correct? Yeah. Yes. They are they not doing anything in ten yeah. scale off road, on road, nitro on road. They aren't doing anything anymore for racing. Yeah. They aren't paying drivers. They aren't focusing on it. Only eight scale off road. Why? Because they have a deal with Automodel, uh, Yuichi Kanai, that design company, who provide them with the MP platform inferno platform for eight scale so if they stop that maybe they actually put that company out of business right because maybe that's all they do so can i and the staff there at that company they do the inferno models if there is no kyosho inferno that company ceases to exist correct so i think that's why they don't stop it when can i quits then it's a natural time to, okay, 
can I retire? This, this, our deal is now over. That company moves on to something else. Maybe they are already transitioning. I don't know. Then it ends. And then Kyosho will be like Tamiya. That's my theory. I agree. I think Kyosho has already cut, out, cut off a lot. Like, uh, they used to have a touring cars. They used to obviously do even Nitro on the road. They used to have every single class out there. And year by year, they've cut. They stopped on road at some point. They stopped all the on road nitro classes, and they they kind of tried to do ten scale still uh, after they got bought out by the bank. But then, like I think they just saw that didn't work out, and they just stopped. And to me, this is I think this this is something that's the best for them, in my opinion, because. I think Mugen, Mugen lives with sort of this only. I think Kyosho can also live with this. Sort of having only nitro off-road vehicles. They obviously Mugen have on-road, but I don't think they make a lot of money from the on-road vehicles. Uh, so, yeah, to me, the they way Kyosho keeps going... so much money going, with Mini-Z and all that there, man. That's what making yeah, the money. Kyosho, yeah, yeah, and that's, that's what Joseph means, like... Mm -hmm. Kyosho's revenue at their peak was like a hundred million dollars a year, I think. Uh, this was in two thousand four or five, and if you think of like uh, professional RC or racing RC, there's no way you make even even like a ten percent of that. <laughs> like, uh, well, maybe ten percent is maybe possible, but even ten percent making ten percent of that is hard with uh, racing. So. To me, that tells that Kyosho's value is much more than racing, and it has always been. It's been mini-Zs and uh, all the scale stuff. So Yachts, I think the only, only way, yeah, I think the only way Kyosho stays relevant in professional racing is distributors. So drivers like Savoya, I do believe French distributor is paying 100% of the, his salary. I don't know, but I would imagine. Uh, As you're muted. Savoy also has his uh, shop, RSRC yeah. or something. So he's selling Kyosho in France. So I think he is probably a cheaper driver in that sense, that he has his business also. So I don't know their deal. I don't know if they just pay him or he gets product or a part of both. And then he also, maybe he has a smaller salary because he makes money selling the stuff, you know? So there's, it's, it's different to just having a driver who is only a driver getting paid a salary. So it's business. Yes. It's like they aren't, Kyosho aren't losing money on Savoya, I think, because he has his shop and he's selling Kyosho stuff. So it's a, it's a good deal in that sense. So no, I, I think Savoya I is, think is safe. In that sense, yeah. I think. Can we stop talking about Kyosho now? I don't think they pay him a salary. You know what? I'll, I'll throw him a last curveball. Uh, lots to Kyosho. Like Savoya. Could be. Could be. Could be. No, I don't think so. But I don't think so. I have to agree with Joseph on that. I don't one. think so. But I mean, that's Possibly. a curveball. Possibly. Anyway, we, we've... We've beat this dead horse for enough. We're, we're, we're like everybody else. We're waiting for information too, so it's not much out there. I think that's it for silly season, though. I think I don't hear anything else. We'll know more as time goes on, and 
we, we, but we, we did talk about Kyosho, but we didn't talk about CJ Jalen. What happens with him? You know what I mean? Is he still racing? Yeah, but not, he is. He's still he racing up there in NorCal. Yeah. He did pretty good at the Nats too. So, I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what's like. Is he young enough where he can still not care? Uh, I think he's like seventeen now, so maybe going yeah, eighteen. I, I, when when you get to seventeen, eighteen, that's when you have to start caring if you want to go pro. I think, like before that, you can do it as a hobby, go to school, do whatever. After that, you kind of have to start doing something. No idea, no idea what's going on with CJ. I think that's it. Guys. He should have. He shouldn't have left X Ray though. That was his biggest mistake. Maybe. Even though he probably didn't like his time there, he would have been so much better off with extra. I think so. Maybe at this point, for sure. All right. Well, you know what, guys? I think that's it for Silly Season Talk. We have some questions that I want both of you guys to answer. So let's get on to that. And we're going to try and do the, you know, we're trying to do an hour and a half. We're almost at two hours. So, you know, let's try to keep these answers. You know what I'm saying? So we'll we don't be go very too long. swift with the yeah. questions. All right. Well, Thank you for all the. We will, as I said, as more news breaks of silly season, we'll have we'll be able to talk about it. But it's it's being a very drawn out silly season, and I, I think the biggest news was announced already. So we shall see. Let's see if somebody tops that this year. And um, yeah, let's go on to the BRC bench racing Q and A. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super-fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So, fill up your cart and check out at beachrc.com today. Thank you to BeachRC for their continued support of the podcast. Go check out Lucas Lawrence, Ahab, and the White Whale Travels. He did a great blog from Fall Brawl. I really enjoyed that. 45 minutes long. And BeachRC has given us some gift certificates to give out to you guys this Friday. So thank you to them. Go check them out. And if you guys can, use our affiliate link in the written description of this podcast. So and thank you everybody for act for for the question. So first up, this is a question about race organizations. So this might pique Joseph uh, Joseph's uh, ears. Mike Scorchy, he wants to know what is the best ways that race organizers could do to minimize qualifying, maximize racing. He says I do not like Ifmar style qualifying. He says TQ is just a win of practice. You end up spending most of your time qualifying. All the stuff we've talked about before. And he goes, I would like to see more really race style formats, but do it for all classes and stop wasting so much time qualifying and let's go racing. Go ahead, Joseph. Um, maybe now with Max back, we can finally have this project see the light of day. So basically have formats, schedules, all of this stuff to improve racing. We just need to finish them up and start distributing to everyone so that we hope that some clubs, um, race organizers adopt them and start using them because there are better ways to go racing. There are ways to have a lot of entries. There are ways to have a lot of classes. There are ways to earn a lot of money as a race organizer and provide a better product. 
to the racer. That involves not having to spend all day at the track for smaller races, you know, club races, local, regional races, whatever, breaking up the day in that way, separating the classes a bit. And it also involves racing in a different way where the focus is more on racing the other cars on the track. But in short, the way to do it is to make qualifying so that you don't count the whole five minutes. You just take the best laps, like three best laps, five best laps, something like that. Any laps within that qualifying round. That means you can just one round of that is enough for a club race, right? Most of the time, most drivers will be able to do enough laps, even if they break, so that they have a qualifying time, right? Then after that, you race a qualifying race against other cars on track. After that, you have finals. So there are, for different size races, there are different ways you can apply this idea of qualifying being about fast laps, then having a qualifying race to set the grid for the final, then having a final. So you kind of, you keep a bit of the sort of heritage of RC, but you also bring something new to it, more heads up racing, more emphasis on fast lapping qualifying, more fun. So less stress. It doesn't matter anymore if that marshal was in the way or someone crashed in front of you, you know? So yeah, we need to finish all of this and also put it in video form and explain these things to people and have the schedules and formats and rules readily available so people can adopt them and start using them. Sure. So I, I think we're all in agreement yeah. with that. Yeah. It's something we have to do. If 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 we really want RC racing to grow, we have to do this because times have changed and people don't have the same kind of patience anymore or time anymore. If if it's a child, the child maybe doesn't want to spend that much effort and time at the track, but the parents too, you know? They have other shit to do. They can't be all day at the track. We have to take this into account. You know, the world moves faster now than it did in the past. So we can't expect people to be 16 hours at the track just to race RC. You know, four hours in and out, boom, done. And we can do that. So we have to change this. If RCGP hits it big one day and has a season of races at uh, full-scale events and the, and the videos reach a larger audience, if we manage to get a lot did he freeze or did you freeze max you froze yeah so if if we manage to get more eyeballs on rc if we manage to get more people into rc even for a moment we want as many of those people as possible to stick around and if we race the way we do now most won't so we need to change it we need to make it uh more accessible convenient and fun yeah the thing the thing is uh like now there's more we have to compete with like in the 90s there wasn't there was slight hint of video games like cs started at late 90s so let's imagine like 95 to 2005 most people who like video games were like kind of same size as rc at that time Obviously, they were bigger then as well, but the the sort of scale was similar. 
also like social media wasn't a thing instead of people reading on facebook watching videos they they had few tv channels they might have spent time on a few tv series they might have seen on tv we are competing for people's time here like if we'd make the time that people use in rc not as valuable so it's it's not worth it for the people they rather watch a few series on netflix each day uh then sometimes wrench their car one night go to the track or whatever some people rather watch some youtube videos or uh watch tiktok or then they might even play video games which is like a direct sort of competing with with rc but in this day and age there's too much information and activity for our brains so we have to choose before we didn't have that opportunity before you went out with your friends maybe sometimes you watch something on tv sometimes there was something happening in your city or whatever nowadays that's not the case nowadays no matter what's happening you can find something that is interesting enough uh and available enough where it's just easy and you have enough interest in it so we have to make rc easy enough that what's fun about it is more than what's difficult about it so that's sort of the line we need to find right now for a lot of people it's too difficult and not enough fun so we need to make it less difficult and more fun so that in sort of what the end result is is more value than just watching youtube videos or just playing games home or just doing something that is easy but sort of has their uh produces some kind of uh value in their life i agree because in the end people people don't just sit around and do nothing they need something to produce some value in their life watching youtube videos is very close to doing nothing uh, a lot of times but it, it still stimulates your brain and you feel like you're doing something at least even though in reality you aren't doing so that's sort of what we got to look at like we need to we have more competition now we need to be better to even stay on the same level I would and agree if you. we want to be bigger we need to do even better yeah i agree with you um i, I agree with both points so i ain't got nothing else to add there i mean we Joseph said what's what we need to do, and I said why it's happening. Yeah, sure. Lance Murray, Lance Murray, thoughts on reducing shock oil weights going into winter weather? Nebraska here, and it's getting cold, even for indoor tracks. And he says AE says reduce one weight by ten degree changes, but if it's twenty five or thirty degrees on track temperatures, what? That's some really thin weight, uh, thin weight fluid. What do you guys think? The thinner the fluid, the less it affects it. So if you imagine like water, the density of water doesn't change much. Uh, and the sort of viscous, viscosity of water doesn't change much uh, depending on temperature because it is like water is basically zero weight of fluid. The more uh, uh, sort of the less viscous the fluid is, the more temperature will affect it. 
basically you can think like this like if if you run very thick oil uh, let's just it's not exactly linear but imagine it is and imagine the thickness changes 10 percent and you're running a thousand weight a thousand cst for example then that would be a 10 percent of a thousand is a hundred right so the thickness of the oil would change 100 then if you compare you run 100 cst and it's again 10 percent change in viscosity that would be 10. so the viscosity would only change 10 cst well our uh, setup change is 50 at a time basically 50 cst so Mm -hmm. with a thousand cst you are changing two steps from your normal adjustment just because of the temperature with that 100 it's only 10 so it's one fifth of a step that we normal change does that make sense also also it's not linear it's exponential (laughs) so the thicker fluid you go to the more the difference will always be i understand what uh, you mean even even in the temperature so it's not it's not going to be like 10 percent always the viscosity change it's gonna be worse and worse and worse the thicker the fluid is well he definitely has to drop he definitely has to drop weight in the cold and as it gets colder you're gonna have to do that too so i i don't know what he also asked if running thinner oils helps so if you're running already thin oils do you have to change as much and we said no no he said he said i know ae says to reduce one weight by 10 degree changes so yeah and after that he says something else no he said uh but if it's 25 to 30 degrees on on the track that's some really thin weight fluid he's saying that will be really thin so i guess yeah, what it he, will be yeah but yeah. maybe not as thin as he's thinking like it's not gonna be running 10 cst or 10 10 weight oil in the shocks probably you know maybe 20 25. It, all i know is when it gets colder you go thinner and it gets hot, you go heavier. Simple as we can do it. That's lefty's yeah. setup yeah. advice right there. That's all you need to know in life. Uh, John Wolf, back in the 80s, I had a, B, a PBXI2 off-road car with a two-speed clutch, which worked really well. Do you think this would work, would be any benefit on, to today's tracks on large tracks such as Redavon? I don't think any two-speed track no. would be good on off-road. It's just too much stuff to break. It'd yeah, be hard exactly. to time that Too much stuff to break, and jumps would be very hard to time yeah. as well. And yeah, I think the biggest issue is just the the durability of it. It's and also actually, it weighs almost double. It's not as durable, and uh, it's it's also jump timing will get difficult at some point. And, and these cars are like and motocross also, bikes. It's not like it... Yeah, and it's also like it doesn't really benefit it. Sometimes, like, I have felt that I've gone faster down the straight with a with a shorter gear ratio because of the fact that the engine just can't... Uh, like, it's the gear ratio is so long that the engine just can't rev an, anymore. It just sort of... It can't produce that much force. I would agree with you. Joseph, so, thoughts on that real quick? I didn't hear the question, to of be honest. Of course you didn't, because you're just typing away. Two-speed transmission. Two-speed. Two-speed clutch, yeah. he says. I don't know. Not for off-road. Is I would there a two-speed yeah. clutch? It, no, it, two he speed, means like yeah. two-speed. 
two speed gearing, like two speed clutch bro and okay. stuff. Yeah, okay. I mean it wouldn't work for our us in off road, but I mean in on road they yeah. use it, so it's good. Yeah, in on road it works because the engines rev so high and they they sort of have kind of a narrower range of function, in my opinion, uh, of of RPM. And also the fact that these cars go from zero to 120, where our cars go from zero to 60, talking kilometers an hour. Yeah, and that's one more tuning thing you got to mess with and get the engine right and do all that type of stuff because your engine has to, yeah. yeah. But you have to imagine just the speed difference. So they go double the speed. Yeah, they do. Chris Trudeau, I'm going to mute Joseph because he's typing away. Chris Trudeau, what percents of pros getting a paycheck would still drive RC cars if it wasn't their job? How do drivers stave off burnout and still keep RC fun? Is the current class of Cavs, Mayfields, Tebas, Drakes, basically, or basically kids whom, he says, basically kids whom we've watched grow up and make a life in RC, a fair assessment of RC as a job, or are those drivers an exception to the rule? Basically, for kids today starting an RC, looking at these heroes as a realistic path to becoming a paid professional, or are they some kind of exception to the re- to the reality that is RC motorsports? I would say so, man, because it's fucking hard. Excuse my language. It's fucking hard to become a pro driver in RC cars. There's so many people that's had that talent, and they've been like that far away from getting there, and then they give up. Because it's so hard to make money at this. And and what people have to understand, when you're yeah. at these guys' level, it's a job. It's a job like anything else. Me talking on this microphone is a job like anything else. You get tired of it. You need a break from it, you know? So mm-hmm. I think Mayfield really enjoys RC on his time off. Like he goes out to the desert and freaks out with fifth scales and all that stuff. But I think when these guys do this three weekends of the, of the week and then they have to prep throughout the week for these races, they probably want to have a weekend off to spend with their family where it doesn't involve arson. Yeah. I think, I think that's also one reason when Joseph mentioned earlier on in the podcast that Mayfield doesn't really do any of the extra stuff. He just races. He likes racing. I think that's one of the reasons why Mayfield also does some of that sort of like he had a drag racing car. He had that uh, speed record car or whatever, which he, which he posted some YouTube videos of. I think that sort of, saves him some time and energy where he can just love RC and focus on that more. Whereas David is obviously more career oriented and sort of, uh, he wants to build something as well on top of just RC. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think there are, I think a lot of these pros would not stop racing RC if for some reason they just didn't get paid anymore. But they wouldn't. De- they definitely wouldn't keep racing the way they do now. Oh, they couldn't afford to, they, you know. And and not only that, no, not just that. But I mean, they wouldn't practice a lot. They would go to the races and have fun. But they wouldn't like because I know a lot of guys who who get paid to go to races and get like like pay travel. Some even have gotten in the past like uh, salary. And they never practice. They all only went to the races. They ha- I've, I know, I know guys who do that. So it, it's and they they. You're Mom. muted, really, Joseph. Because huh? Yeah, yeah. Mark Reinhardt is like that. Yeah, he doesn't practice. 
Kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, what I guess my point is, he's thinking about RC guys having fun and all this type of stuff. He also has to, what we also have to understand is that Cav, Mayfield, Tebow, Drake, Fenn, these guys came up in a different era of RC. There was no real social mm-hmm. media. They came up, they came up through that in a different way. And that way isn't her anymore. You know what I mean? There is no pathway for one of these young guys to become a pro because there's no actual real professionalism a line. I've said this before and I'm gonna say it, keep saying there's no line between a professional and a Joe. Because you got people out there that think because they can go to these races and they can be three laps off these guys that they're a pro. Pro is mm-hmm. in my book, when you get paid to do this for a living, when your result at this race is probably the difference between you having a good paycheck this week and next week. You know what I mean? Or this month and next month. Yeah. So I yeah. I don't I, I get it because when I get to the weekends, you know, I kinda chill out. So when you're but when when you're at a race or something like that, you enjoy it. So I think these guys enjoy these races. I think they enjoy uh, doing all this type of stuff. But do I think you'll just catch any of these guys? Yeah, well, I mean Tebow enjoys RC with his kids. But do you think I'll see some of these guys just going out there and driving cars out in their their yard just to drive it? Probably not. You know, or some guys. Oh, but I don't think I don't think that's what he's asking. I think what he's asking is. If these guys was like the RC career was kind of over, would they stop racing or would they still go to no, some he, race? He asked, "How do drivers stave off burnout and still keep RC fun? They have other things to do in life too, you know, like kids and all the hobbies okay. and stuff that yeah. they do." Okay, so it, then, it's yeah. a deep but, question, but I even for young drivers that are looking to these guys, these guys are the exceptions that made it to this to this level. You know what I mean? They did, they won and did, and now oh, it's even yeah. harder to be a pro driver. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know what the answer yeah, people is don't really. One kids. thing people miss a lot of times is when David Ronnefolk was like racing through the ranks, there was a lot of fast guys in Sweden uh, similar to his age. And to my knowledge, none of those guys run RC anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not like, it's not like, uh, all of the guys sort of continue racing on and then these are just the top guys that get paid. It's that a lot of guys tried it. They put a lot of effort, a lot of time, even sometimes a lot of money into it and it just didn't work out. And then they sort of realized I got a real life to live and then they stopped. I agree with that. They, so they that's, find, that's a lot of times what happens. They find real like, life cars, cars girls, yeah. All like, that type of stuff. And there's in America, there's a lot of those guys like Tommy Hines and uh, Tanner Steese are guys who never really were good enough to come pro like just like that. Mm-hmm. But they were always close and they always were there. So, like, obviously Tanner Steese was a bit better than Tommy Hines, but like these sort of guys were like I I think a lot of people know who these guys are, but still they don't race RC anymore. And this is sort of one thing that people maybe miss. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but sort of what can, uh, at least it can sort of throw you off a bit that like these pros are the guys who manage to make it and stay. Yeah. But that's, that's it. That sort of thing. That's it. And, and it yeah. takes a special personality to do that it takes it takes yeah you know knowing what you want to do and all that type of stuff to do that and 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 and, that's why yeah to me that's why also what you said at the start like there needs to be a certain line when you are a pro that's why something like rcgp and stuff like that like formula one and 
a lot of things like that are important because that's a clear distinction about being 100% pro, no questions asked, versus now where you always have to scramble for money and whatever. Uh, and because to me, it would be more interesting if in DNC, the, the pro class was just pros, only pros. These guys are the number one. These guys get uh, like a video, video and live stream online and made proper uh, quality content out of. And then the rest of the guys are there just to have fun. Like the open class is like even in, in a pro class now, there's a lot of guys who run the pro class, but they don't really, mm -hmm. they know they aren't pro. They aren't really putting enough effort into it or they just know they aren't good enough that it may never work out. I think like these guys should be steered towards making racing RC more fun. Because there's a lot of people in other motorsports who just do it for fun. They don't do it for for glory or money or whatever. Like there's a lot of people in Finland who just run rally uh, for fun. They they get some, some way to uh, finance it. They run it for fun. And they some people are Finnish champions. Some people uh, just run it every year, finish like somewhere in the top five or whatever. And some there are always a few kids who get funded and try to be a WRC driver. I agree. That's something that also needs to change. Just uh, having that clear separation will actually make it more fun for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Because then, then when when you have that separation, that it's not a pro class that's just called a pro class. No, they actually are professionals, right? Mm. I think it should be still okay if you want to run that and you're not professional, you can. Okay, maybe RCGP is closed, like you can't, you have to make it onto an RCGP team. But let's say pro class at DNC, I think maybe it could be a situation where you can do that, even though you aren't on some pro team and you aren't a real professional if you choose to. But we still... Yeah, but we still need to have that distinction more clearly. Because when we do that, then those people like Tanistees or, again, I forgot that other guy's name, Tommy Hines, yeah, Ketchup. So uh, those guys would have a place, right? They are good drivers, but they are not professional. So they race the class for them, you know? It's... It's funny to me that America has all these classes, yet they haven't really figured this one out, right? Everyone has yeah. their own class, yet there's no one class for pros, really, if you think mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. That's kind of funny for me. Like, everyone wants their class, but there's not a true pro class. That's weird in, in some ways, I, I think. I don't know. Yeah, well, Let's okay. move on. It's a good question, and this is something that we've talked about plenty of times. It's still, it's still a conundrum to us. So yeah. I don't know. The the thing. Wait, one one last point. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the the difference between the pro class should be that it's very limited. So that's how uh, that's how the separation is made. Mm -hmm. It is limited and it runs to a different format. Maybe just like RCGP has a different format, you know, like there's a reason for it being limited. The best drivers are there. They put on a show, then everyone else is in the, their own class. Right. Yeah. I, I just think yeah. that that separation is, 
important to make. There isn't a separation in RC where the people who do it for glory and money and the people who do it for fun and enjoyment. There isn't a separation and a line there. And a lot of people get that mixed up and then quit because they, they aren't getting the glory and they aren't getting the enjoyment because they don't know what they're after. I also think that separation allows that 99% of the people that are taking this too seriously to back it down and not taking exactly. it serious. Exactly. Yeah. They can see that, okay, I'm the one doing this for enjoyment. If I win, that's nice. But the I don't need still to there. be trying to be a pro. See, yeah. the illusion. The illusion is always there. Yeah. Oh, if I just win exactly. this race, yeah. if I just win this race, I'll be, that's it. That's all I need. Oh, I made, I came 25th at DNC. I should be get paid travel. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. No, you get paid travel when you finish that top five. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, we can go on and on about that. Uh, great question, though, Chris. Great question. Nathan Genda, if you could race any 10-scale on-road asphalt parking lot track, which car would you be running? I'm going to my TC3 Nitro car. I really like that. What about you? I don't okay. race. That's the only on-road car I've ever raced. So. You said asphalt, asphalt parking lot? Parking lot type track. Does he mean like on-road? Yeah, 10-scale on-road. Touring or like, touring. like uh, Nitro? Like, I don't know. Just a 10 scale on road, dude. I guess, I guess he's mean electric touring. Yeah, automatics, I think. Or does he want to be an old car? No, any car you want. Yeah, automatics. That's, I that's would run the. But he's in the parking lot, he said. So I, I'd run those Tamiya Euro trucks. That's what <laughs> there I'd you run. go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand. Oh, I, I know what really I'd know run. What... I'd run Tamiya M chassis Mini. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, those minis are fun. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That's what I would Yeah, I'll, tr- I'll switch to that. Yeah. Joe Zaire Jr. of Ran Out of Talent. What's up, Savage Joe? Do you think that they should release what pro drivers are making like other motorsports? If they do, if they do, will this deter future pro racers because their salaries are not nearly what they think they are? Uh, do they actually disclose it on other motorsports? No. I don't yeah, think they, they do. do. They do. It's People just know. journal... No, I mean, they know, but it's journalism. It's yeah. not that the brands disclose it. So what, what what they should be asking is, should we have better investigative journalism in RC, which is yes, obviously we should. Uh, if if these uh, sort of uh, salaries were revealed, I don't think it would hurt really. People probably know around what these guys are making. I don't think no, people they don't. are- You'd be surprised how many people think these guys are making this, millions. Yeah. This was something, uh, what the hell? I can't remember anymore where I was supposed to do this. Like, was it on the, um, I think it was a YouTube video that I was going to do. And it, instead of, uh, the, the problem is RC is so damn small. You know, in bigger sports, you can do this. You can have a journalist who's kind of an outsider, but an insider at the same time and can reveal stuff. Here it's different. It's so small that you like, one step removed. Everyone is one step removed from everyone, you know, yeah. so you can't do it the same way. Uh, so the one way to do it is to have a grouping system. So you have the elite guys, then you have the good, but not quite elite guys. And then you have sort of semi pro, right? Yeah. And then you give the salary ranges for them, like elite guys, 
they make about this on the car, this on the engine, this and that's, but you don't say who is making what. So yeah. having all the information out there, you don't know exactly what Mayfield is making or Cavalieri or on the Falcon. You don't know, but you know the range. And then uh, be, uh, below those elite guys, you have, uh, I don't know, who would it be? Like uh, Baruffalo or Ogden, you know, these kind of guys. Yeah. They are not the winning, but they are good and they are paid. What do they make? And then you have the semi-pro, semi-pro guys, you know. So I think that could be interesting for people. So they get... Yeah. A, quite good idea of what drivers are paid but they don't know exactly what each individual is paid yeah i like that i like that a lot i think think that's doable also because i'm friends enough with enough drivers that i think that we could put it together yeah so the deal is like okay we don't disclose who is making what but we just get the ranges out there correctly yeah. All right. <clears throat> I think we should let them know, everybody know how much they make. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> well, I can tell you what I make now. Zero. Uh, negative yeah. number. Actually. <laughs> to sign Ronald Falke was like, you know what? I'm going to sell books and courses, I guess. Just give me, give him my salary. <laughs> Benjamin James. I'm not James. even kidding. That People think I'm joking. No, I know. You're not not, that's not a joke. <laughs> Fuck, another year of fucking rice, rice krispies. Jesus. Yeah, man. I can see that's treating you well. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you, Benjamin James, do you think RC would do well to start offering payouts for races, even for just the pro classes? No, I don't. I don't like that. I don't idea. have I no don't issue with payouts. I, I think it can be done at different races. Not every race has to be a payout. Though. I don't think it makes sense for the pro class. Uh, unless it's something like RCGP where teams have to commit to and uh, they have, have to have at least some monetary incentive as well in, the, in that to commit to it. I think in that, that sense it, it should be there. But I don't think, I don't, I don't like the idea of, uh, of sort of come to this race and you can win this amount of money when you win it. I, I, don't, I, think- I don't see any value in that. I think much better value would be for the organizer to invest in proper trophies or race coverage. Whatever money they are putting towards a payout, put that money into the event in a, in a different way. Nice yeah. metal trophies yeah. or good coverage so people can watch the racing. That's way more valuable than giving a few hundred bucks to a few people. You know, right. that's my opinion. I, I would I I could see those points as well. And especially especially now, like there were some races at RCRC where they were giving that money only to the pros. So it was basically Mayfield and Cavalry and Rivkin sharing uh, a few hundred dollars each, and that that was it. Like who like what does it change? It doesn't change anything. These guys just get a little bit of money. Okay. All right. Well, we got some setup questions for you guys, for you nerds. So here we go. Uh, Buck Owens, where is a good place to start to lessen the rear collapsing underpower on the BEE buggy? I guess this means squatting. Uh, put the put the if it's squatting straight, then uh, increase anti squat. 
if it's squatting to the one of the sides, then you should move the rear hub rearwards. And uh, if you're running a really soft roll bar, you can try a thicker one. But generally, it's better to go rearwards on the hub and then uh, have softer roll bar, in my opinion. Uh, that sort of balances it out. You have sort of the grip still in the rear, but you reduce the squatting. That's my opinion. Okay. All right. Next question. You, you good with that, Joseph? No. You going to add anything? You didn't even listen. Maybe if he's running uh, CVDs, if he is, then that also causes that the universals would help also. Okay. Answers. To stop that. KB Wolf, he asked, chicken wings or mozzarella sticks? You, Joseph, chicken wings or mozzarella sticks? Uh, cinnamon sticks. <laughs> you, Max? Chicken wings. <laughs> chicken wings, 100%. Chicken wings, we're Mozzarella all unanimous sticks, that right. we're going to have chicken wings here. All right, he wants you, to know. They should have asked something else, like fried chicken he or He always asks a chicken. food question when he asks this question. So he always yeah. asks, what's up, my dudes? Thanks for the help last time. How do you get your two-wheel two -wheel drive buggy to rotate off power in the turn? Stay rad. You break. <laughs> um, off power in the turn. Towing is a big deal. But uh, to me also, ride height affects a lot in two-wheel drive. I'm going to ace this question. I don't know. Uh, I don't really have sort of one great answer, but Joseph clearly has something. <laughs> yeah. On the steering knuckle, there's that plate. So oh, yeah. a shorter plate. Yeah. That's going to do it for you. A short, that's all you need to do, really. And maybe corner speed. Most two wheel drives have square blocks. So if you go a bit wider on the inside for the arm. So, like, maybe you keep the same toe in even an anti-squat, you just go out. That could help. Okay. Then you, then you, we're talking. All right. And if you're running on carpet, I don't know. Don't run on carpet. <laughs> <laughs> the same stuff kind of works on carpet, though. Yeah, maybe. It's it's not that different. AstroTurf or carpet or dirt, it, it kind of works all the same. All right. Well, we got you two more questions, sort of and then from. that's going to be it for this week. Uh, all right, so this is from our Discord server from Cal Racing 33 What is the opinion on using small wings on the upper control arms? Since I've seen Testman do oh, it, yeah, and, but I believe I've seen it on Drake's car. Here you go, Max. I know you is, you want to answer this yeah. question. So first of all, the Afrobanties, uh since What happened to Max? Yeah. Yeah, my camera camera died and my computer died as well. Oh, okay. So, okay, we're back. So, yeah, after bandies at the start of 2020, uh, so the rules state that there are no wings allowed to be attached on the wishbones or stuff like that. So you can't really use them anymore in Europe. GQ is on you. Yeah, I don't understand why they did that really, though. What, what was the reasoning? I think I think they sort of didn't like when people started putting more wings in the car, the stuff I did, but the rules they have really don't ban the th stuff I did to the car because they are still part of the body show. Uh, the rules state that you are, like they don't say that you aren't allowed to attach the wings to the body show. They only state that you, you can only use a front wing 
and only use a rear wing and the body, but they don't state what uh, means the body because the rules still have a section where they say if you run uh, a body over the tires, they have to cover uh, more than 50% of the tires. So it's either more than 50% or not at all. Uh, so that's the rules they have as well, which is a bit idiotic. It's it's from the time where people were running beetle bodies on, on eight scale buggies as well. Um, also, the rules they wrote about the front wing was a bit ridiculous. They said the front wing is only allowed to be attached between the gearbox uh, and the front wing. Uh, sorry, front uh, shock tower. But that doesn't and matter. It, it says behind the shock tower. That doesn't matter. He just huh? wants to know if they work. This is he's, not, he's in America. They can run them. No, no. He can run them, but I'm just explaining to the rest of the people who, yeah. because there are Europeans listening to this as well, that thinking what that can they do. So now that the rules and the, that is explained, uh, these wings do work in a sense that you will get more, actually a lot more uh, front grip on high speed. The issue I find with this is, uh, especially on sweepers and stuff, you feel like you can just steer and the car will steer. But the issue is it starts to stall the car a lot. So you will lose a lot of corner speed and you have to stay more on the throttle if you are steering more. So it doesn't really help you because you have to sort of still come off the throttle and have the car steer normally. And without, if you don't, if you don't want the rear end to kick out, because if you just steer, the rear rear end will kick out because the balance is so much on the front. So I don't really know why these guys like to drive with these. Uh, I tried them, and I never really liked the feeling they produce. They sort of have the front end dominate, and the rear when rear end will just suddenly kick out. Uh, but if you are a driver who drives a lot on power, you like a car that pushes a bit uh, normally, but you kind of want to have that uh, grip on higher speed corners and especially on sweepers, you can just go in turn and be on throttle and he, the car will have that front grip. So if you are a driver like that, you can find benefit in it. So it could be good uh, for someone like that. But personally, I don't like it. And also I don't think... Uh, I don't really like putting aero and unsprung mass either because it, it makes the car handle very weird. It doesn't like a different scenarios. It handles differently. It's the car is very sort of inconsistent in how it uh, handles bumps and, and stuff. So yeah, that's my take on it. Any thoughts on that, Joseph, before we move on to the last question, are you going to say it's placebo? You're muted. Here's some mute again. You muted yourself. Thing. Did I? So I can't keep track anymore. I've tried it actually. It was before DNC one year. I guess last time we went to DNC. And I had those wings on the front. But I hadn't driven enough so that I had the connection with the car. I know I knew it made a difference. But I, I couldn't tell you exactly how and how much. But I know, yeah, I know they do make a difference. So yeah, they basically the biggest thing you will realize is instead of the front tires sort of skipping or being 
having less weight on them, you will feel like the front end is the controlling of the car. The higher the higher speed you go, the more they will affect it, and the bigger the wings, the more they will affect it. I tried with quite large of the front wings, so it it, uh, it really made a difference. But to me, it just it just when you have when you sort of have too much slip angle on the tires, it just starts to stall the car too much. Uh, and I don't to me to the way I like to drive, the way I, the way I set up the car, it just I it really can't do it. I don't I don't like it. But apparently some of these guys like it, and yeah, if they like it, they do. But I'm I'm actually happy that they banned it. I don't think we should be attaching wings to arms because where would you attach the wings uh, on the body then? Yeah, on body, front wing, rear wing. I think that's what we should have. Even front wings, in my opinion, could be banned, but you can always go around that rule. With, for example, what Kyosho has in front of the bodies, that's kind of a front wing. So uh, you could attach like wings to rear arms. You could make the body shell so that it, it has the airflow below the chassis, traveling to the rear arms. And uh, it just like if you don't have this rule, it's, in my opinion, it, it allows for too much dumb stuff to happen. So I think it's good that they made this rule. Great. And our final question comes from our Discord. Remember, guys, if you ain't joined our Discord, it's almost at 300 members. Let's go. Let's get it up to 500, or at least 350 by the end of the year. Uh, and this comes from Rick. He goes, are pros allowed to run chassis where they don't have contracts with the, with, with for big races, such as Raw Nats, Afro Euros, or IFMAR? He asks, could Tebow run a two-wheel drive AE or Teebs, because that nickname's catching on, run a two-wheel drive AE in a 10-scale world, if he wins, would AE claim to win? Well, that happened to him at Reedy, and I think AE can claim to win at Reedy because he ran two-wheel drive AE, correct, Joseph? <laughs> Guess I how much I heard of I that. knew you wasn't paying attention. I just knew you wasn't paying I'll attention. I don't, I don't really... In RC, there isn't a thing where someone claims a victory, like in, in full scale there is. It's because people like people know it wasn't associated and the car isn't associated. So yeah, associated can say it was an associated car. Yeah. Something like when David ran the HP prototype where they have the associated car, uh, front end was completely associated, rear arms and stuff were from associated, but they had a HP gearbox and some uh, rear shock towers and stuff. That's something that's a bit more difficult. Uh, at that point, it has to be just that it's a prototype. Uh, but yeah, it's. It, but when it's like Tebow, it was hundred percent associated. They might have had some optional parts. Then it's pretty clear cut. What comes to do uh, manufacturers allow it? Most of the time, yes. If you just ask them. Yeah, and especially if AE so. Meta helped him to get to that race too. You know what I mean? So. I don't think A did anything. I think they just gave him free free cars. I'm sure he got a, a lot sure of times got a bonus from it with it though. No, I don't think so. Really? I don't know. I don't think so. No. Why would they? He won Reading's techno. But he, didn't it say techno yeah. in the results too? Like it's techno. Is it? I could have sworn they well, maybe not. I can't remember. No, but it, it, like the thing is really you get uh, you win it with like you win the overall in right. really. He won the overall. So when he won it it must have said techno, and when Tebow was running the car, it didn't say associated on the side. I can't. It remember. said techno. 
Okay. Well, if that's the case. Yeah. So why, and, but like, why would, even if you're not contracted to associated, why would they pay you? Like what's, the, there's no reason to pay you. I don't know. I don't it's know, not dude. like, like I could, if it was a privateer and he was running AE, it's a different story. But when it's a guy who is running for a different company, running, promoting a different company, uh, and then he runs some class, like Cavalier was running with Esper's Cavalier was running associated trucks. It's not like Associated was giving. He's also the running two TLR two wheel drive. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know how it feels. Maybe if that person's worked out a deal with Associated and their current sponsor, where they can get some money from it, then fine. But we don't see that that much, you know. So yeah, it at is best what it is. these guys get the stuff for free. Uh, uh, I think I think that's that's okay. At worst, they don't even get it for free, and they have to. Well, pay. Joseph, hold on, hold on, Joseph. No, but you see, you ran associated stuff, so you can they can claim associated ten scale. So okay, nah, that doesn't count. And also, you didn't count at Reedy, so it doesn't matter. So, uh, I almost won a race. Who shit, the highlight of your Reedy career? I almost won a race. No, you did almost. Yeah, won a race. I just wanted to win one race. Can fucking failed it. Though. Well, I'm glad you knocked that Reedy race shit out of your brain. Um, hey, you know what? We're only supposed to go an hour and a half. Thank you, everybody, for the questions. We greatly appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Thank you, Joseph, for your time. Thank you, Max, for your time. Obviously, we always go over when we get together. So I'm not got much more to say. We answered a lot of questions. We did a lot of silly season talk. 2022 is looking great. Max, welcome back. Oh, Darth Maximus to your apprenticeship of the Sith Lord right there. Darth Beakerson. And, man, I'm looking forward to 2022 working with all you guys and, and seeing what we do and seeing what the Viking can do and just, yeah, I'm excited. RC, hopefully COVID doesn't mess it up, but it's looking to turn out to be a good 2022 for RC racing, hopefully. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's it for the podcast this week. Remember, guys, uh, showing the sponsors some love, shows the podcast some love. Thank you to everybody that tunes in. We greatly appreciate it. We can't do it without the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do it without the patrons of the podcast. If you guys wish to be a patron, you can do that. At the There is a written link in the description of this podcast. There's a special going on with the Invisible Speed course. Buy one, get two, one free, Joseph. Yes. By the what way, a genius Christmas promotion, eh? Buy one, get one free. Yeah. It's the best Christmas present yeah, you can give all, to We're anyone. also going to be giving away some courses this Friday. So, yeah. You buy a, you, it's, you know why it's genius? You can be selfish and giving at the same time. You get yourself a course, but you get a free one you can give away. So you look like the good guy, but actually you just wanted it for yourself. Mm. But you don't need to tell that to the guy who gets it for free. Now everybody knows. When will the exclusive podcast of the Mayako Buggy be out now? Because it was supposed to be like on Monday, but I, I, I didn't see it. I only saw some guy getting signed. So, where can I see the exclusive Mayako buggy walkthrough? On Wednesday. The on day Wednesday. This is now on Thursday. Yesterday you saw it already. What are you talking about? Are you have you gone back in time, Max? No, but it says world exclusive. First look at the Mayako buggy. He's Wait, making oh yeah, fun. that was just a scam. That was a scam to yeah. get people to think we were showing the buggy and then we announced <laughs> yeah. something else. Yeah. It's a scam. Someone asked it. 
Someone we, asked it on the We Facebook threw people off the scent. <laughs> Just like JQ and da- David threw me off but the will scent. The, for will a month. the buggy be revealed? <laughs> someone no, asked it's, it. It's That's just a scam. It now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a scam. It's like um, uh, Herbalife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You would know all you about know, that. Herbalife, it's a, a Herbalife. Like, they're fucking sponsoring football players and Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, but it's just a scam. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> I, Look my, into it, my brain hurts right now. So, um, you know what? Thank you guys for your time. Thank you to the awesome sponsors of this podcast. We want to thank you to Mayako, Beach RC, High Tech RC, TNR Fuels, Techno RC, Lugs Racing Tires, Invisible Speed, get your buy one, get one free, JQ Scale Motorsports, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, Donathan RC, JTP RC, House of RC, RCGP, and of course, big thanks to the Sun City RC Raceway guys. Uh, we're going to miss the Showers family and this and, and SCRC. Uh, remember, everybody, showing these sponsors some love. Shows the podcast some love. There are links to these podcast to these sponsors. There's there's coupon codes. You can save some money. All of it is in the written description of this podcast. Please, if you guys can use it, remember also to sub and uh, sub and hit that notification button on the NNRC YouTube page and Max's page as well as JQ. Even JQ is quieted down on his JQ page, his YouTube page. And also leave reviews. That's what I want. I want people to leave reviews on the podcast. If you didn't like it, say it. If you liked it, cool. You know, on these different podcast apps, it gets us out into the algorithm out there. So thank you to all those sponsors. Max, anything to add before we leave? Um, I think, yeah, it's last week of uh, this podcast before we go to Christmas break, right? Yes. So, yeah, tune into the Christmas show. Let's share some love. Yeah, it's going to be uh, fun. Even if you don't like Jesus Christ, you can still share some love at this time. It's the holidays. Kill a tree for Jesus. <laughs> Plant a tree on January. So, yeah. Hey, okay. So, everyone who's listening to this podcast, uh, for your January promise, uh, if it's too snow in January, do it later on but plant a tree next year because some people kill it for the christmas so let's plant some trees and we can give the planet going there you go what about you jq anything to say before we sign out of her no okay. we are one hour two hours too long basically well, we had to wait around this two hours too yeah, long. we had to wait yeah, a little hour for you so anyway yeah, we've been here for four hours almost we, yeah we've been yeah thank you uh, anyway, you know what, everybody? Nitro is the glory. E-Buggy Pace Appeals. Tune in this Friday for the, the Christmas show. And thank you for all the support this year. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we can't wait to show you guys some Christmas love on Friday and give away some stuff. And uh, we'll see you there. With that said, Lefty, JQ, and Max are out. Thank you for listening to the No Name RC Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support and love from you, the listeners. Without all of you, none of this is possible. Special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support the podcast further, you can at patreon.com forward slash NNRC Podcast. As a patron, you will receive early releases, special content, and 
Patreon-only giveaways. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, www.nnrcpodcast.com. Remember, Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. If you aren't having fun, it doesn't make sense. And if you ain't grinding, you're sliding lefty out. Nitro is the glory. Nitro is the glory. Nitro is the glory. so bad.